They were three cops who had nothing in common. Freeze! Big V, what are you doing here? Hey, you know me, I'm keeping the streets safe, boys. One would do anything to get ahead. You truly prepared to be despised within the department? Yes, sir, I am. One had his own brand of justice. How's it gonna look in the report? It'll look like justice. That's what the man got. And one loved the spotlight. What exactly do you do on the show, Jack? I teach Brett Chase how to walk and talk like a cop. The Night Owl Massacre. This is a heinous crime that requires swift resolution. Six victims. One of them, one of our own. Interrogations will be led by Lieutenant Edmund Exley. I need some backup. Come on. All right, Collins boy, I'll help. Now. All of them are faced with solving one case. Don't move! I want confessions, Edmund. Oh, I'll break them, sir. These people are all in the morgue. And someone has to pay for them. There's something wrong with the night owl. I just can't prove it. They thought they had it all figured out. Anything bothering you about the night owl case? The fact that you guys won't let it be filed away. I killed nobody! But what started as a murder... You talk only to me on this one. ...became a mystery... ...that could cost them everything. Why was Susan Leffert to the Night Owl? I don't know. I never heard of the Night Owl till today. How about some payback, big time? We need evidence. I'll get the evidence. It was an information exchange. You have any proof? The proof had his throat slit. What do you want, actually? I just want to solve this thing. Even if it means paying the consequences? Kevin Spacey, Russell Crowe, Guy Pearce, James Cromwell, Kim Basinger, Danny DeVito. L.A. Confidential. It's an audacious musical cue. Yeah. They <laughs> also, I love that they got the in a world guy to do the voiceover. Because yeah, but I like, I like that it's, they were three cops. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. My, uh, when, I, when I did the letterbox uh, review for this, I was like, if you like buddy cop movies, but like more buddy cop movies, and then another set of buddy cop movies. <laughs> Man isn't wrong, folks. All the buddy cops. It's like a, it's like buddy cop inception. Yeah. Oh, oh, yes. Yes, yes. but the top is still go. spinning. <laughs> um, by the way, I made the mistake of... Uh, um, James Elroy, who wrote the book, I made the mistake of clicking on a video that said James Elroy on Obama. And I was like, oh, All right, no, I'm no. curious. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll bite. No, no, and no, then no. never yeah. click on a video that says an no, author no, of popular no. books that says on Obama. Don't do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't. <laughs> and, yeah. Unless it's Stephen King, which it's it's fine. But like, um, yeah, like, like, like James Elroy is. Stephen King to. Well, I mean. Obama. I'd rather talk about Stephen King's a big Obama fan, but but yeah, James Elroy is notorious. Like, he's a perfect example of like he's very much a libertarian leaning conservative that actually makes decent art, and he's one of the few. The few. Yeah. So, Which, um, I mean, but like, don't ever it's like him and David Mamet. Police overreach. Like well, David Mamet hasn't made in a long time, but yeah, he used to make good. But I, I, I often said like, if I ever was in a bar with James Elroy, I'd probably in a fucking fist fight, frankly, because the guy's obnoxious <laughs> and shit. But he's a good writer. Oh, yeah, fly on the wall for that. 
<laughs> yeah. Put that behind the Patreon, right? Let's get those numbers up. <laughs> they were they were drinking we're so going. they were they were drinking so peacefully, and then Obama came up somehow, and then yeah. he started talking about entitlements, and then it was like it was on. And Neutron then. Neutron just bodied him. He, I don't understand what even happened. It happened so quickly. <laughs> Fight between generations. Exactly. I mean, yeah, but Elroy um, is quintessential boomer too. Anyway, whatever. Let's, yeah, let's I, I should say we are here on a Sunday. It's a uh, it's a special Sunday episode talking about LA Confidential. Um, you know, we're off the record right now on the QT and very hush hush hush. You know what I mean? It's uh, <laughs> wink wink nudge nudge. You know what I mean? I just, I just uh, yeah, I just massacred that by on the Lord's Day. Thing. Hush hush. But you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am yeah. joined by Hollywood J Underworld. Uh, you know, he's hanging out here. He's training cops for uh, for Hollywood movies. They use it against him. Uh, you know, artist, illustrator. He draws cops, actually. He, he, he does some nice art where he draws, you know, police officers. How's it going? Hey, not too bad. You know, I also got arrested for my art. So, you know, don't don't, don't leave that out of there. <laughs> yeah, well, all, all cop drawings are bastards. So yes. <laughs> Hey, a cab includes cartoons, buddy. Um, <laughs> Paw Patrol. Also joined by L.A. Conan Neutron. Um, you know, host of Platonic Reversal, music video star right now. Um, badge of Honor star too. Yeah, there, there you go. And uh, <laughs> Badge of Honor, the music video. You know, he made the theme song for that. Um, you know, Platonic Reversal, Conan Neutron, and the Secret Friends. Uh, Caterwall coming up. For you know, all you music fans out there, we're taking a week off um, after Tuesday because Conan's on on you know full on uh, you know festival mode, I guess. Yeah, he's, got his, he's getting his rave on. Um. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like if you're wondering why the schedule for this show is all jacked up, I am 100 percent to blame. But uh, I, I also make no apologies. <laughs> I didn't want to miss any of these. These are good movies. I want to watch them. I want to talk about them. You know, these are good movies, a very different podcast, and these are bad these movies. These are bad movies, yeah. <laughs> Which signed the petition, Amy Bell created uh, Neutron for replacing James Corden. Thank you very much. All right. We're also joined by... All know, right. It's a perfect response. Uh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm trying to keep the bit going and not... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't break We're also joined by Veronica Lake lookalike. Uh, you know, she isn't cut. This is This is how she looks. She just, you know, dyed her hair. Just um, naturally gorgeous. <laughs> Christina mm -hmm. Oaks. I'm Christina on Twitch. Uh, you know, living life out here. Yeah. Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, uh, bio, uh, biologist, biographer. <laughs> <laughs> I fucked that up. I'm here to explore the genetic makeup Woo. of Amber Heard and Johnny Depp. Honestly, <laughs> if she never had a daughter, she would kind of look like me, wouldn't she? She, she I, totally did Jane Goodall of uh, of Johnny Depp. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've been I've been in the sun shooting a video all day, and Mark Borchardt had me drink a giant size beer like at the end of it. A so. mega pint, you mean? It, it was it was definitely a mega pint. Yeah. How many pints are in a mega pint? Not um, enough. I was gonna say our <laughs> finest scientists still don't know. All the of answer. them. <laughs> all of the pints. All oh, oh anyway. wow. Yeah, but, I, I, uh, I, you know, but you are the scholar of that particular thing that I frankly don't care about. Uh, yeah, I muted. I muted both both words from uh, from Twitter. <laughs> I've never I muted words that. before. I got so fucking annoyed the other day with everyone. You, you never like, muted Jimmy Dore's name. I did. I did that. No, I should. <laughs> I should. Mm -hmm. But I like. I like 
quote tweeting Jimmy Dore tweets and being like, "Shut up, moron!" And <laughs> it doesn't, yeah, it blocks, doesn't mean so. anything, and he's never gonna he's never gonna like read it. But It'd I don't know. It feels cathartic. Hmm. Fantastic. We're still doing intros. What's going on? Uh, oh, Mark, Mark. Mark. Yeah, <laughs> there he is. <laughs> hey, Mark. <laughs> also, flex, bro. Also joined. Uh, Beetlejuice energy. <laughs> also joined by uh, Detective Lieutenant Erica Strout. No, a Georgia-based filmmaker, detective, um, music video director, musician. She's one half of the musical uh, duo Dream Tent, plays and sings the motherfucker in the live band of Conan Neutron and the Secret Friends. And, uh, you know, especially also, this week also is, 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 is better at, you know, better at playing politics than the uh, than the captain of the squad. Yeah, which is not hard, but yeah, AOC? that's the bar real low. Yeah, <laughs> do you say AOC? Yes, captain of the squad. AOC, <laughs> yeah, 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 that's good. Yo, somebody, someone posted, uh, there's a New York Post headline today that was like, kids learn their AOCs instead of their ABCs. So, yeah, in school. <laughs> that's that is super sick. I actually love that. That's cool. Yeah. Oh. Is that one of those like meant to be like parodying, like. Uh, you know, no, it was a real New York mechanic. Post headline. It's, yeah, oh, it's New York Post. What do you expect? That's fantastic. Uh, I'm glad they still have that guy on who, who's just New York Post. Yeah, New York New York Post is the uh, is what Hush Hush would have like transformed into over time. I feel like if mm. you know Danny DeVito in this yeah. movie, L.A. Confidential. Spoiler alert, everybody! <laughs> the, the, the the initial narrator of this film doesn't survive to the end of the film. Which, which is an unsettling, like realizing that yeah. is unsettling because, you know, like watching this movie twice in two days, like you realize like, oh, this is a person who's kind of bringing a narrative to the story. And then like halfway through the story, he just dies. And you're like, oh, fuck. Like who the fuck is narrating the story now? Damn, and there's three, I think. Fresh and rotten tomatoes? Wow. <laughs> I, I think he's maybe the only character that has a true understanding of the full world that it exists in too like someone someone like you know uh yeah mm -hmm. mr exley aka like you know the <laughs> the simulant robocop uh you know certainly like has a grand Metro, metrosexual robot is metrosexual robot. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> i mean don't get me wrong he looks he's, he looks handsome as hell but he's definitely got like you know big uh you know teacher's pet and snitch and hall monitor and like low grade like uh uh fever administrative villain yeah, yeah. uh wally um <laughs> uh the neighbor from leave it to beaver fuck it you know what i'm talking about wally yeah um uh, is that his name no it was uh, uh, well, uh eddie haskell eddie haskell, haskell. Right. wally was the eddie brother. haskell yeah yeah i was thinking of Polly walnuts for some reason yeah, <laughs> whatever. But uh yeah, uh Guy Pierce, second Guy Pierce movie in a row, didn't plan that, but I'm I'm here for it because I think Guy Pierce is actually underrated, especially that era of Guy Pierce. Uh I didn't know he was yeah. Australian. Um, oh, he's super Australian. Have you ever seen yeah. an interview with him? Yeah, he's like, Yeah, no, I, I saw the first interview with him. <laughs> wait, what Russell? Wait, who? Russell yeah. Crowe is also Australian, but um, uh, Guy Pierce is also Australian. You didn't so that. objectively, the biggest star of this movie when it came out was Kim Basinger. Um, yes. you know, and, and, which 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 is great, and that's one of the reasons why. If you look at the actual movie posters came around this time, they all feature her. And why shouldn't they? She's awesome. But like, yeah, Russell Crowe. This is like one of his earlier films. This is one of the ones that kind of brought him to attention, and for good reason. His mm -hmm. his his portrayal of Bud White. Not early films, but it's like like as he's he, breaking he, in. Like early. Yeah, yeah early like he's been doing movies for a while at this point. It's just he wasn't like mainstream Hollywood kind of guy, 
what was the mm -hmm. uh, yeah 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 and didn't I, he I turn it down initially because he was he didn't think he could play a tough character? Yes. And he's like perfect. He's so the interesting. perfect Bud White. He does, he does he it so is... well. Yes, Bud White, uh, Bud Light. <laughs> God damn it, Andy. But Bud Light, Bud Light is uh is Ed Exley in this. You know what I mean? No, I spent the entire movie mysterious going like Romper Stomper. Shit, that's what I was thinking. That was the first movie I saw him in, which is scary yeah. as hell. Oh no. I was like, oh shit. One. It's a skinhead movie. It's a movie about skinheads. It's not a skinhead oh. movie. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those movies that's like, definitely then. worth watching for because it's oh. a good film, but like not one you should go into if you're not in the mood for. Yeah, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna say though, uh, Bud White in this, you know, classic simp, big, big simp over there. He's big simping. You know what I mean? <laughs> big simp energy. Yeah, <laughs> he definitely. You know, we, we talked about the the <laughs> women hold up half the world energy. Uh, yeah, he's like the 1950s version of that for sure. Yeah, uh, Pamela Anderson auditioned for the role of Veronica Lake. Damn! Shut the front door for real. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Huh. Huh. I could have I could have seen her as like the other uh like you know person in the car or something like that. You know what I mean? Like I, I think oh, yeah, that, the, oh uh Susan, whatever yeah, her name Susan, is, yeah. Yeah, 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 or something. Yeah. Of course she like you know, she has a band of the but like yeah. I don't know. Huh. Well, I think Kim Kim is perfect with this because she has the, the physical profile. Of course she's she's beautiful, but she actually has acting chops. And also and, 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 Veronica Lake. And she looked Exactly, which, which uh, that goes all the way back to yeah. uh, the James Elroy book, like that was in the book, like the, and and like that. I don't know if that was, and you brought this up on the private chat for us of like not knowing whether that was like something that was just you know which one came first. The fa and it was like, well, he said Veronica Lake in the book, and then it turns out, oh, like a woman who actually embodies that same like effortless, cool, and uh, you know beautiful energy, mm -hmm. like. Also happens to be like the biggest star attached to this movie. Well, well now you just sound like a regular Bud White. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, look, like she's at her, she's at her apex at, at this moment in time, right? Like she was in her forties yeah. too. Oh yeah, yeah. She was yeah, born in like fifty three or something. So like ninety six when they were shooting I, I it. Think like... She's the same age as my mom. No, wait. Yeah. 50... Right. Yeah, something like that. Fifty three. She, she was serving looks for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like... We should all be so lucky. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be 45 in December. You're telling me, Frank. You don't want anything like your Basinger. You're right, I don't, yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's going to change anytime soon, Conan. No. I don't look like Guy Pierce either. Uh, <laughs> no. You do look like a Conan, though. I do, I do. Yeah. <laughs> Big Conan <laughs> energy. <laughs> We're gonna talk about how this is pre American this was pre-American beauty for uh Kevin Spacey. Mm -hmm. Oh, I suppose we should address that. Yeah. He yeah. by the way, what that, year is that one? That monster is fantastic in this film. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Like, like most films he's in, in unfortunately. Yeah. Great performance by the sexual predator. Yeah. Yeah. He's, uh, you know, <laughs> sometimes he's great at playing a monster. Like some you yeah, know, yeah, like you know. he's good at playing <laughs> a creep. Yeah. Um, what a gem. Um, I, I wanted to I wanted to throw this on the screen though. Um, Robert Ooh. Mitchum, friend of show, uh, you know, friend of show, night of the hunter. Yeah, the thing exactly. that the thing that kicked off um, the, the the idea for the Kevin Spacey character was the actual cop who uh, who arrested Robert Mitchum, and he did it um, in a midnight raid, like the same way that they did at the beginning of the movie, and it was like a, a thing working with like a, a press person, I think, to do it. So. Um, 
they based they based the Hollywood Jack cop on the cop that ar- arrested Robert Mitchum for that. And then they bring it up at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. 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 And it's supposed to be um Elroy's kind of uh talking about like, you know, the whoever was advising for Dragnet, I think maybe, if I remember correctly. Maybe it's not Dragnet, but like like there obviously was no Dragnet, show called yeah. Badge of Honor. But yeah, yeah. But there was like actual and, and you know, just facts, man, like all that, like no, there was like a sort of like weird you know, I love like people love talking about like the cozying up to the military industrial complex for like you know big blockbuster movies now, but like that's I mean, look, it's it was just like at a more local level, it, it was like literally like you have like actual people in the police force attached to this narrative fiction cop drama mm-hmm. in the efforts to make it more real seeming and also give it access, yeah. So, this is uh, you know, our good, our good friend Bobby Winant. Uh, talking to sexual predator Kevin Spacey about <laughs> oh. about uh, this is the awkward awesome. uh, but this yeah. is they're talking about um, the what are we gonna do cop. not talk about it I no mean Jesus it, yeah. Christ yeah I mean but the, so they're talking know. about the actual cops that uh, actually do that role do you know any of those celebrity cops because there are some in real life. Well, I don't really know them well. I have uh, I have yet to have played a role in a film that required you know sort of meeting with them. But there are in New York City. There's there's a number of them who uh, are quite uh, well known, quite uh, um, appreciated detectives uh, or lieutenants who are also um, uh, you know work on films and are technical advisors on films. And uh, and there's a, a group uh, called called Cops, uh, which I worked with now on several films, uh, who come in and just help procedurally i mean they'll talk to you about you know what's real uh, and then what's plausible even if it wouldn't actually happen that way it's still plausible because ultimately they're trying to help the director serve a story i'm about to begin a movie now in chicago in which i play a a hostage negotiator with the chicago police department Um, and we've had these gentlemen come and sort of guide us through uh, the the procedures that they go through and the equipment and how it works and how it's used. So they're still around. I always get a little nervous for the actors and the director when a script calls for and names real mafia figures. Mm. And I wonder, does that make you a little nervous? Well, luckily for us, none of these figures that we talk about are still with us. So uh, I think we're safe. But I mean, the mafia is still around. Some of their successes. Yes, that's true. That's true. But I actually think they'll they'll probably get a kick out of the film. I mean, <laughs> don't you think? I don't know. Like, hey, look at it. That's us. Look at it. <laughs> not so bad. <laughs> you think it sort of feeds their ego? And, oh, and sure. Look, I did a, I did a film a number of years ago called Swimming with Sharks, in which I played a absolutely venal studio executive, and I happen to know that many studio executives I met said they thought it was really great. I mean, you should be cowering under your desk, but, you know, they wear it as a badge of honor. Yeah, I just rewatched that uh, comedy that he did uh, called The Negotiator that, that he was referring to that he was filming, um, which was, like, the funniest thing because the whole movie, they're just like, well, we're Chicago cops. People don't think we're corrupt. And, like... <laughs> I'm sorry, wow. I could not... Funniest film I, I've seen, uh, yeah. you know, uh, Samuel Jackson do uh, in a while. So it, w- it was good. I, I don't think I've seen that since like when it came out. <laughs> By the way, I love Swimming with Sharks, which is the one of the movies he mentioned. But I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. I haven't watched it 
anytime recently. But Obviously, I, yeah. Yeah. I, I <laughs> absolutely adored that film when it came out. Yeah, he does his Frank Underwood character, but then like when uh, COVID hit, he stopped. He was like, hey, okay, here's the <laughs> thing, guys. This is a real serious virus, and you know, we need love. And I'm like... <laughs> oh, I bet you do, fucking Kevin Spacey, yeah. you goddamn creep. Yeah, say less. <laughs> say less. Um, was he called out before the pandemic started? Yeah, he yes. was doing. He, yeah, he was doing the Frank Underwood thing, like acting thing. like he was being persecuted, blah 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 blah. But then, like, he started mm. like doing it. it, it the mid sense, he stopped. And he was like, "You know what? Let's get real here, guys. People are dying." And I'm like, "Oh God, no, Kevin Spacey, no." Well, and so there's, there's down actually, in the weirdest way. Actually, insane uh, story that um, JG Michael shared pretty recently. Um, and that yeah. I didn't know about, which is that uh, he's he's in he's in a Croatian um, propaganda movie <laughs> where oh, he no. plays he plays what? like the, the the Holocaust denying ex president from the nineties of uh, <laughs> and that's supposed to make him likable again. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> wow. Why? Wow. Okay. So I I, I saw of, the father of the Croatian state. <laughs> well, I saw a thing. So what? I saw one of these like Twitter super threads about like it, it, the conceit of which is um, here's all these people that were allegedly canceled, but the the point is that they're all getting work, they're winning awards, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You know, your Louis C.K.s, you know, stuff along yeah. those lines. Yeah, but the, oh, and the Kevin Spacey and and uh, which which which. Yeah, which I agree with, and like you know, I, and I agree that's a horrible thing of injustice. But then Kevin, Sp like, what is this? He said for Kevin Spacey was was continues to work and make films. I'm like, hmm, really? I haven't seen any of these. So what's interesting about this? Like, oh, it's oh, those are the films he's making, which is hmm. kind of like ah. If you're if can, you're getting can you really fight. say that he got away from cancellation if you're making Croatian propaganda films? I don't <laughs> if know. You're, that, if you're, yeah, like exactly. you're being paid by like a far right like fascist party <laughs> yeah. in a different country for your work, I think that does qualify as being canceled. Well, actually, is getting shut out in France. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, is, I, it I, takes I, a lot to get shut out in France. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Sometimes but, um, love don't feel like it should, baby. <laughs> it's so good. Oh god, yeah, that, that's um, real. But no, I, I think like I don't know. I just imagine. What up like, to our uh, French listeners, everybody? I just imagine like <laughs> Kevin Spacey getting hired by like Putin at the end of the fucking um like crane oh, invasion god. or whatever, and Putin yeah, being like, yeah. "I need you to play me." But he already he already has, I guess, other uh, other actors for that. But um, yeah, you can hang out with uh, you know, do a movie with Steven Seagal in Russia. And, and yeah, <laughs> oh, I forgot that he does those. That's wild. Yeah, you have Oliver Stone man. direct it. <laughs> yeah, man, people people get about all the kinds. Of, it used to be all this stuff was just like stuff that they did and they didn't talk about, and so nobody knew about it. It's like when remember the whole like, well, it's the conceit of uh, um, the uh, Sofia Coppola movie. Uh, um, the uh, with Bill Murray. Uh, uh, come on, help me out here. What, what is it? The, the, where they're in Japan, right? Bill Murray's character is like Lost shooting like commercials. Lost in translation. He's shooting yeah. Japanese commercials. Those weird ass Japanese commercials that actors and actresses used to do as a payday, knowing full well that nobody would see them. And then like 
at the dawn of like you know the internet like 10/1.5 people were like holy crap look at these insane commercials arnold schwarzenegger did and like you know <laughs> and, and like whoever like not just Arnold, but like like oh my god this is like this this is mind bending this is like a like a drug yes, trip the, the robocop commercial for for the fish sticks is just brilliant right yeah exactly those guys <laughs> but it used to be you could just do those things like get a payday and you're like ah, fuck it no one's gonna see it that i care about you know um, yeah so well, on prime, that same... prime early youtube com content right like right. you go on youtube and you're like oh what is this and then yeah, you know, leonardo like... dicaprio is talking something and it's great yeah 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 it, it's like the fenster well, films like gi joe psa stuff that a, a friend of mine actually made uh it, but like now so where i'm going with this is like now like it's not just hush hush magazine finding out about these right like everyone is their own personal hush hush magazine and like people just with time on their hands and a phone can like expose, like say Kevin Spacey doing Croatian propaganda films. Right. Or, yeah. or Johnny Depp smashing a bunch of cabinets and sending it to TMZ. Hey, I muted that. I muted <laughs> the words Johnny Depp. Um, no, I, I think also uh, something that they touch on in this, uh, I guess, bad choice of words for the scene. I'm about to break. Go away, everybody. Touch on within the LA confidential. <laughs> But they don't. Uh, they don't. They don't um, go into too much. Is that uh, Danny DeVito has that one line that he tells Kevin Spacey? Um, banging whores. Where banging whores? Who are you echoing? But is that one line he tells? Why are you echoing, Forrest? I don't know. Do you hear that echo? I do hear I, that echo, and it keeps making me lose track of what I was saying. <laughs> well, it ain't me, Haas. Let me see. Is it? Um, I don't know. Um, so I don't hear it anymore. Oh, I don't hear it now. But... Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Never mind. So, what were you saying? So Danny DeVito touches on this where he where he says, um, oh well, he's not he's not queer and he's not um he's like he's like he, wait I wrote it down but he's like this is what I call something he's not queer and he's not a communist so it doesn't interest me because those are the things at the time that you could blackmail uh somebody for right like because this is 1949 that this movie mm -hmm. takes place i believe like or, or even the gossip mags are going to go for the red baiting right yeah well or, that or, seems or, like or, that or is that seems like it is his thing right like blackmail yeah. like things you can blackmail somebody for and you're thinking about like oh what are, what are the things you could really blackmail someone for in you know la at this time and it's like oh no like either they were a communist or they were gay or you know yeah. or something like uh you know you set someone up to buy weed and, and you make a story out of that but like you know, I, I don't think that's as interesting um, at that time period, unless it is someone like Robert Mitchum. Like, I don't think it's as interesting as like, you know, big commie energy over here. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like some of the big like gossip columnists in Riyadh, like in Holland for back in the day. I think one Luella Parsons is what comes to mind. Yeah. And and we, we talked a bit about this in um, uh, Hollywood Boulevard, too. Yeah. Well, Parsons and, and, uh, and Hedda Hopper is the other one. Yes, he yes, yes. They were they were rivals. They had to out out gossip each other. <laughs> but uh, <Good> job. <laughs> big commie energy on this on this show. <laughs> um, uh, no, and and I think that um, extravaganza. They they also they also found a way to make and this is not what Danny DeVito's character obviously in this movie did. He's the seedy side of it, right? Like he's the he's the person kind of just setting people up to you know. Uh, do stuff so you can get a story out of it. But there's, there's the other side of it, which is Luella Parsons and, um, you know, who were like kind of making these matches and like taking stars under their wings and actually like benefiting certain stars' careers, deciding like, oh, I like this person. I don't like this person. Um, 
and, and actually like boosting people based on that. But then you have the CD side of it, which is, you know, Danny DeVito setting uh, someone like Robert Mitchum up to get arrested. Like, damn you, DeVito. Um, <laughs> he's a sneaky little yeah. bastard. Friend of the show, Robert <laughs> Mitchum. Yeah. Uh, exactly. But, but, but I mean, all that stuff all happened. I mean, I yeah. Very much based in. Yeah, and like, did all that. Danny DeVito has been around forever. <laughs> well, what a lot right. of people don't realize. Good. I'm trying to do the Dan DeVito Frank Reynolds dance while I'm sitting there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well done. Uh, the Dan DeVito James... setting someone up. Oops. Oh, oops. I dropped my monster condom that I used for my Magnus Toboggan. MD. What a great show. You got the HIV. Okay. Uh, James Elroy, a lot of a lot of his books. Um, they they are noir and they are fiction, but he like pulls heavily from that era, especially. I mean, he did the whole like the whole blog Dahlia thing, especially, mm-hmm. of course. But like, there were, you know, gossip muckrakers of that sort that were tied in with the nefarious activities that they did, and there were there was like you know quid pro quo exchanges for all of that. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, it's very interesting that again, this is a star-studded cast, even though some of them aren't really like stars in the traditional sense of the term yet. But like, this is one of the movies that helped kind of propel some of those careers along, right? Like, I mean, this is sort of like, to a certain degree, like one of Russell Crowe's first big breaks. And he's so fucking good at this, at that guy, who was like 80% like white hat protagonist and 20% kind of a piece of crap. <laughs> yeah. And, which is so noir. That's like the noir thing, right? And it's sort I mean, of like, wasn't this like Simon Baker's like movie debut too? Uh, maybe. Which one's Simon Baker? Yeah. Who played uh, Matt Reynolds? Oh. Yeah, probably, maybe. I don't know. What's it say? Yes. Probably. Yeah, I don't know. But I, I love... I, I love that for you? <laughs> I'm pretty sure I found... Yeah, it was. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm glad we sorted that out. Uh, no, I, I was just going to say that, like, look, <laughs> I, you have all of these types of characters. Like, the James Cromwell type of character. The only thing different about, like, the real... Uh, character versus like you know what was played on the screen is that like real characters never got caught really yeah <laughs> that's the only well, thing you know not until you know not until the 90s which is the decade that this you know that this stuff is all happening right in, which, which is doubly know. hilarious because as you pointed out it's like it's to a certain degree it's like the perfect like ACAB movie but not at all what James Elroy intended, which makes it the best example of horseshoe theory in an inadvertent manner, because it shows that like, Hey, like here's why they were doing it. They were doing it. Cause like, well, their, their, their justification is these are bad people and we're putting the bad people away. And then, and then taking then, over their societal functions. <laughs> right, well, absolutely. But, but the thing is their whole justification, it's important to understand. Cause remember, they're not the villains of their own story. Right. As, and this is another noir thing that like, they, to, they are doing right. They're doing the things that no one else has the quote unquote guts to do Dude. in their minds. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what's so fascinating about this is like that has just continued to be the case the entire time. And as what tends to happen with like shifting morality is that the morality has like changed to be like, you know, identitarian politics of, of like, well, you know, they, they're obviously suspect, you know, they're the wrong color for that neighborhood or whatever. Right. You know, and, and that's, 
I mean, it, it's it's amazing because James Elroy of all fucking people managed to inadvertently retroactively make one of the more interesting uh, movies with with great narrative function about the function of police in modern society, which is not at all what he was trying to do. But it exactly. worked out that way, and it's freaking chest and fingers. The, and the timeline, the timeline, right? And I, I, I don't think I said this on screen. I think I said it before we went on. So yeah. the timeline is that the novel gets released in 1990. Um, 1991, I believe, is the Rodney King beating, uh, which you know puts police brutality at the front of everybody's minds. Um, then in 94, like 93, 94, is the whole OJ trial going on, right? Um, Javier Arvando is is the uh, killing that started the rampart scandal so that broke right before this movie came out and then in 1998 a year after this movie came out the rampart scandal which is the scandal that it literally is if i'm not mistaken um the one that shows that like oh no like the lapd is uh literally like kind of working with gangs they are gangs you know what i mean like they like cops are also in gangs like and so you, you find out <laughs> but that's kind of oh, where we get the first, say. yeah that's kind of where we get the first time anyone kind of acknowledges that information with the lapd specifically and then you know things that happen with the lapd usually transition out to the rest of the world like you know swat teams and stuff so it's kind of a fascinating time period for this movie and the book to come out because the lapd you know quite a decade there um, quite a decade run <laughs> They need some real PR help for a while there, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now they're getting all the, you know. Now cops are getting all that COVID money that we desperately need. But you know, this this mm. kind of puts the PR front and center, right? Like the beginning of it, you know, they have that huge brawl, and that's how um, uh, I I can't I can't remember his last name, but I wrote it down. The guy that uh, you know, Bud White's partner, his initial partner, Denslin. Yeah, Denslin. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they, they use him as kind of the fall guy and then obviously murder him. And, you know, even if they weren't going to murder him, like, I don't think necessarily a cop would end up dead today, but like it, it shows, right? Like there's a scapegoat that they kind of are like, well, this is the guy that we're putting in front of everyone to say, oh, see, like we're someone, someone's got to pay for this. And it's like the worst cop and they want to keep the ones that are, you know, the most brutal, uh, working for them. And, you know, they want to find one guy to kind of pin everything on. And this movie does that shows you like intrinsically, like when they say the new LAPD, it's it's a facade. Like they want to keep a facade going of like, oh, well, you know, just enough people are kind of held accountable in the lower ranks of this institution um, that, uh, you know, that, 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 that the public thinks that we're like do, running, running accountability seminars over here or something. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't help but just like, this is sort of off topic, but like the whole time I was watching this film, I kind of went in blind because admittedly I have not, I had not seen it until I watched it in order to talk about it with y'all. Mm. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, but it just really made me try to like, think about like, what would the world or what would our country look like if instead of having a police force, we had social services teams of various kinds uh this is really off topic maybe but that was what my that's what made the main point that brought to my that was brought to my mind from watching this film it's like hey they call they, they yeah. do without cops altogether i don't know like what would that look like because back in the day I, they not, called the public welfare department that shack that bud white was working over the people at, <laughs> <laughs> and we liked it yeah oh <laughs> uh, it was yeah i don't know i'm, I'm I mean, not like fully convinced either way on it at this point because i 
I don't know what that looks like, but I, I think I've, I've, I've talked to him about it. Uh, Jason Miles has some really interesting uh, has gone into like this topic specifically a lot because he did work as a um, like as a counselor with homeless people at like a hotel where they were kind of, you know, um, social workers were were kind of housing them. And mm-hmm. he had a lot of like, it, I don't know, he has a lot of, I think, more complicated thoughts about like, I think he just probably published an article about it, actually, but like more complicated thoughts about how social workers are trained to handle things and how that's not always, you know, uh, the best solution either. And so I, I don't know, it's one of those things where it's like, where does that leave us then? Like, because <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, cops are fucking chew at first. Like, that's what they're trained to do. They're trained to be like, you know what? This is always a dangerous situation, which sometimes it is. But like, you know, sometimes you know, you have your gun in front of you. Your life is more important than whatever life you're, you know, allegedly trying to protect. And so for that to be like, that's not a sustainable way to run a society. And I think this movie, we're bringing it back to this movie, uh, intrinsically shows that, you know, um, long before you could really document, uh, you know, things in real time, what that kind of looked like. You know, you find out about a, a police murder or something like the next day, and there'd be someone like Danny DeVito on the like on the payroll or whatever of somebody else that's you know typing the story up, and like everybody's kind of using it for their own ends, and it's not a sustainable mm-hmm. way to run a society, I don't think at all. But here we are, you know, <laughs> decades later, and and it's worse than it ever was before. Like <laughs> <laughs> now they're militarized. Like yeah, <laughs> it's only gotten worse. Well, I'm at yeah. Look, I I don't want to sidebar this further, but yeah, if if, if people actually want here we go. Any, people wanted any of that to change, then maybe choose messaging that does more than catharsis. Because what did defund the police get us? More funding for the police, and that was the most predictable <laughs> result possible. It got, uh, it's funny it that got people Bill, were like, "That's saying... the police," and they're like, "No, we want more funding for the police." And I'm like, mm-hmm. "Well, because 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 it's meant to cause catharsis. It's not meant to drive results. If you drive results, you talk about police reform. Done." Police reform. It needs to be reformed. I've worked. I've never worked for the police. I have worked in police departments. They absolutely have too much funding, and what they use is shop for fucking weapons. Is Red Conan over here, or or you know, <laughs> dealing with like lawsuits against like wrongful like things like this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, but the thing is, like, that's what. So, like, but if you actually want to change, but that's the thing. Nobody cares about changing anything. They care about shouting a cool thing to be heard and that that's one of the most obnoxious i just want everyone to to buy a copy of uh don't think of an elephant and and read it because because if you because there was a golden opportunity and the left and it is the left fucking blew it And, and anyone that tries to argue with me Look, let's do a debate. I fucking hate debate shows. But if someone wants to do a debate about the messaging for why defund the police was a good message, okay, let's I'm go. gonna I'm gonna contact Dylan Burns's guy, <laughs> Danabo. We're watching this. Well, no, it's I mean, frame language. Frame language. It matters. Language. I, I think it, it, it's uh, a very um, demoralizing. <laughs> it's a very demoralizing uh, thing to realize this timeline. But one year from. And I, and I double checked this one year from uh, protesters in New York City taking City Hall and like forcing uh, de Blasio to say that he's going to take something like 10 percent out of the NYPD budget, but not ever giving any actual like, you know, specifics about what that means. Because, of course, yeah. like you can't hold somebody to that for long enough to actually get like a specific plan. Like, you know, you, you get there and the guy said like de Blasio was like, yeah, sure, we'll do that. And then, you know, so, that, that good. Go do something so then, then the alleged don't uh, hurt me. <laughs> 
the the alleged uh, COVID crime wave came into the city, yeah, yeah. and exactly a year after uh, De Blasio made that announcement, Eric Adams was mayor. Fucking yeah, insane year turnarounds. <laughs> yeah. Tough on crime. He makes he makes Rudy Giuliani appear like a a little boy. Well, I mean, Giuliani is, but <laughs> yes, Except a, a little good not point, for Stevie. Out yeah, police accountability is good. Police reform is better. Thank you. This yeah. is a uh, you know, this is a movie taking it back to that with no police accountability. There is no, yeah. and, and and here's what's jacked up: the author of the book, bit. the author of the book, James Elroy, thinks it's cool. There shouldn't be. Like, like that's what's so great about the horseshoe theory of this, right? That like James Elroy thinks it's awesome. We should go back to the day when the police were able to do whatever they want. That's when we got stuff done. He actually believes that, which he's a good writer. But it's again, that comes back to the fact that I probably curb stomped that dude if I met him in person, right? So yeah, I don't know how you get that out of. Ooh, uh, we went up a level from last time, Conan. I'm getting worked up. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> first Conan's like, first Conan's like, I'd swing. I don't know what the results would be. He's like, no, nah, I'm stopping it. Yeah, I know. I'm curb stomping yeah. him. <laughs> I'm gonna give him a romper stomp. Hands at the end of the show. I know. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm Wait till the after party. Him, I'm taking him into, uh, you know, onto, onto Sunset Boulevard, and I'm just stopping the teeth into the ground. Uh. Well, and but, but I mean, the, like, like racial part of it, like where it's like, oh, they just like killed some black guys, and it was fine. Like, yeah, yeah. I just framed them, killed them, and framed them and killed them. But I mean, it's it's a you know, it's kind of the decade for that, right? Like, uh, the '90s are kind of when people are Which realizing decade isn't for that though. <laughs> No, I know, but I'm, like, <laughs> we want to return to the good old days. What good old days? I, I, don't, I, don't, I, didn't, I didn't watch this movie and feel like this is the good old days. I watched this movie and I was like, "Holy shit!" Not you, is... but the guy who wrote the story. No, I, no, I know. I'm just saying. Yeah. Like, I'm just saying. Like, you know, yeah. He, I'm sure. Like, I, I watched this video on Obama. Like, I, I, I know. I know he's not a, he's not a fan of, uh, you know, racial equality over there. But, um. Yeah, I, I I think that this movie, like I leave this movie kind of feeling more demoralized, feeling kind of horrified by some of the stuff I saw. I mean, you know, it is stylized enough, I think, that you don't feel the full impact of, of the violence, which I, you know, I think is good. But because um, you, you don't want to feel the full impact of, of all of the violence in this movie. But like, you know, it's not stylized in the sense of it's horrific. Like you still kind of feel like and the way that they, they film it even right. Like, um Ed actually uh, shooting shooting the last suspect, you know, because his gun gets stuck in the door and goes off, and with the blood splattered all over his fucking face as he looks down, like horrified, kind of at what he's done, and um, like you know, that's not easy to witness. And the one, um, you know, the the woman that got raped uh, because they did, I mean, they did commit the crime of you know rape and 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 tying that woman up and almost mm -hmm. killing her, and then for her to say like, well, would anyone care if like a Mexican woman got raped, you know, from this neighborhood in in LA, like, would anybody actually care unless, uh, you know, a bunch of white people had, got, had died? Like, that, that's, you know, those are like those small moments in this movie that you're like, yeah, this is fucking horrific. And, yeah. you know, for the, for the, for the decade run, I guess, of uh, the LAPD in the 90s, like, yeah, like, <laughs> was that Elroy to... making a point or was that in the movie only? Her saying that, I mean. Uh... You know, it's in the book. I've read the book. I've read a. Uh, I think you've read the old. book. Yeah. Uh, Damn. Uh, uh, it's like a and series, you would curb stomp the author. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He's a great. He's he's great. <laughs> like his 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 he he's probably one of my favorite noir authors. But I, as a person, I I fucking wouldn't like him at all. Dang, dude. <laughs> you can separate the art from the artist. 
I can. Yeah, yeah. Um, unless I get in the same room with him, which I'm going to ensure never happens. But <laughs> and then you, and then you and then you hit him in the face with the book that you just. Read. And then the art <laughs> flies out the window, and you curb stomp him. I know exactly what would happen, right? He would talk about like you know people not wanting to get political, and then he would get political because because the thing is, a lot of right wingers think it isn't getting political when they talk about their political philosophy. It's like no, that's still getting political. So yeah. if you want to not get political, great, we can have a conversation. But if you're going to like you know you know, start talking trash about the squad and how like police are actually underfunded and this and that, whatever, like, first of all, you're being annoying, but then like James always a guy that will escalate. So I don't know, maybe, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know the guy, whatever. I'm never going to meet him. It's not a big deal. I'm probably not going to next week coming up. I'm moving to extravaganza. James get Elroy. On that, <laughs> if you get on that late show too, maybe you could have him on as a guest. <laughs> <laughs> Watch the sparks fly as James Elroy. <laughs> Shows um, up on Neutron at night. Episode so, one, and it's done. Episode <laughs> one, I, I, cancel. And the only episode, yes. As, as, uh, turns out you can't assault your guest, Conan. Ah, I don't even want to be on this show then. The other Conan knew. Yeah. Man, this dude was <laughs> an to question admire the Los Angeles police. James department. Corden would just hit him yeah. with the car. That's how James Corden right, would exactly. guess <laughs> Look, I said it wouldn't be boring. Anyway. Um, but so, so I wanted uh, to... Um, James Elroy has a lot in common with Frank Miller and dudes like that. Basically, yeah. is the best way I, I can say. It. And, and which is to say that like there's certain things you could have like a, a great conversation with about, and then like you'd be like, I am going to disengage from this conversation right now, and walk away. Which I mean, you know, people like people like Frank Miller, you know, kind of inspired by um, you know like someone like Mickey Spillane, which I, I would guess yeah. probably James Elroy is too. Um, you know, at least this series is, is kind of inspired because it's that same kind of tough, like tough, uh, extreme, like, yeah, like someone's got to do the job. And it's, you know, in the case of uh, Mickey Swain, it's like Mike Hammer. And then this movie feels like it's a whole movie of Mike Hammers um, <laughs> just going at it for two hours. Like the people with that level of moral depravity, like in our eyes, that level of moral depravity. But to somebody like James Elroy, to somebody like, um, you know, Mickey Swain, like probably not moral depravity. He's like, oh, this is this is the kind of life I want, you know, my characters to lead. And I'm surprised James Elroy hasn't uh, made a version of this movie like like Mickey Spillane did, where he plays like the main character, like he plays Russell Crowe. <laughs> <Pros. laughs> well, but 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 also like it's that's the genre, the corrupt the corruption of institutions. Yeah, right. That that is noir. So this and is, you can see that as aspirational. You can see it as allegory. I see so, it as allegory. Oh, so this is uh, this is this is. Curtis Hansen, who directed it, I wanted to play a clip of him. Um, it's, a, it's a couple minute clip. RIP, to... by the way, I didn't know he died. Oh, he died? Oh, wow. Yeah, like years ago. Who did? Curtis uh, Hansen, the director. director. Oh. Who also did Eight Mile, uh, Wonder Boys, Hand That Rocks the Cradle. Really, like, diverse. Um, uh, oh, I love the Hand That Rocks the Cradle. Yeah. <laughs> So, that was like one of the first horror movies I really got into. He he kind of also is, is is reminds me of the way he talks about movie making. I guess reminded me of uh, you know when when we did Tokyo Drifter and we were watching those clips because he's one of those people that very much is like a, a script gets handed to you and you decide whether you want to do it or not and you know it's kind of a by the numbers thing rather than like a you know a passion project, which is kind of a fascinating uh, you know not not as much I don't think as 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 you know tokyo drifter was but um so yeah so this is him pitching the movie to uh charlie rose and he mm. brought he brings his stuff to his interview with charlie rose that he would use to pitch the movie to movie executives because he actually this was a passion project for him so i kind of found this fascinating because i don't think we've had a, another director uh video that was like that so what do you say 
And this presentation, I should say, also evolved into the opening title sequence of the movie. Right. Danny DeVito now says a version of what I'm going to say to you. Right. In fact, this postcard is, in fact, the first shot in the movie. Yeah. Danny DeVito, I mean, you don't see his hand, but you see this, this postcard and you hear his voice say, come to Los Angeles. Yeah. The beaches are wide and inviting. Yeah. The orange grove stretches far as the eye can see. These, of course, are vintage postcards. These are from newspapers, magazines of the period. Land is cheap. Every working man can have his own house. This is the dream of suburbia, of course. And in every house, the happy all-American family. Then I showed some pages of Confidential Magazine, which is the real magazine that in our movie, DeVito edits Hush Hush Magazine, which uh, was the let's say, birthplace of modern tabloid journalism. Confidential Magazine was the first one to sort of peel back the image that had been created by the studio-controlled fan magazines and tell the truth of what was going on underneath. DeVito says, that's the image that they're selling you of Los Angeles. Now we're going to peel back that image and show you what's really going on. Movie stars are using drugs. Robert Mitchum coming out of prison. From his marijuana bust. Pacific Coast jazz. Yeah. played by the likes of Chet Baker, Jerry Mulligan, and so forth, who, by the way, provide much of the music in on the soundtrack of L.A. Confidential. This is Johnny Stompanato, dead a few years after our movie takes place on the floor of Lana Turner's house. One of the interesting things about Elroy is that he mixes fact with fiction. He takes real characters like Stompanato and Mickey Cohen, who appear in the book and uh, movie L.A. Confidential, and then weaves in the fictional characters. Right. Stampanato was a guy who was killed by either Lana Turner or her daughter. Yes. Right. This is an actor of the early 50s named Aldo Ray. Right. I had this shot here to show what our character, Bud White, played by Russell Crowe, would look like in his civilian clothes. Point being, look at the clothes, look at the haircut. Accurate to the 50s, but like everything else in the movie, the accent is on those things in the 50s that were modern, that were forward-looking, that still feel contemporary today. Right. Again, wanting to avoid the classic film noir of the, of the 40s and 30s. Movie star glamour from the previous decade, the 40s, this is what we were not doing in the movie, except where Kim Basinger's character, who, as you know, plays a hooker that looks like Veronica Lake, and sells that resemblance to her customers, she creates this aura of fantasy and illusion and sells it. But L.A. Confidential, the movie and its characters are what's going on behind this illusion. You make this presentation larger. Yes. Arnold says what? He said, uh, let's make it. And you said, but... I said, but you haven't read the script yet. He said, I don't need to. I see the movie in your pictures and in your eyes. And that says something about him, doesn't it? Yes, it does. You know, he, he trusted you at that point. He trusted me. he saw me. passion in you. He saw passion in me. He referenced another director that he worked with in his beginnings as a producer, which was Sergio Leone. Yeah. Arnon's first uh, production was Once Upon a Time in America that Sergio Leone directed. And he said, I feel the same way about this project as I felt about that one. Talks cheap, of course. When uh, he was put to the test was when I told him how I wanted to cast the movie. And my dream was to find a couple of actors to play the parts played by Russell Crowe and Guy Pearce 
that the audience didn't already have an emotional history with, that they didn't already feel they knew well. And the miracle is not only did I get to make the movie, but I got to cast it the way I wanted All to. Right, speaking of casting, this is a scene between um, Vincent's played by Kevin Spacey and Hudgens played by Danny DeVito, where they orchestrate the arrest of two young. But yeah, I don't know. I think it's interesting that he brought his materials with him to the Charlie Rose interview to actually yeah. pitch the movie to him. Um, you know, during a, a kind of neo-noir, I guess, comeback, right? Like, I, I think that in the 90s, like, you know, they were making a lot of neo-noir types. I mean, more stylized. Uh, I guess postmodern is the word I'd use. Yeah. I, I'm actually really surprised that this movie hasn't been like remade into a TV series for nostalgia reasons. I think they are. Uh, yeah, probably. I mean, what they should do yeah. is do like the big nowhere. Actually, didn't they make a Black Dahlia series? Did they, they there was a movie directed by Brian De Palma called The Black Dahlia. Is that based off of his book, though? Uh, let me look real quick. It might have... Hey, it doesn't matter. Anyway, <laughs> anyway whatever. Well, I. Yeah, CBS orders LA Confidential, uh, Ava DuVernay, um, pilot. I, maybe it didn't, I didn't, I guess it didn't get picked up, but it seems like they ordered a, a pilot. He also did, uh, like I say, we did The Big Nowhere, which I have right here. He had uh, White Jazz, pretty good. Like, I mean, yeah, they, 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 like, yeah. it was. Okay. Well, they, they well, made it, apparently, because uh, Walton Goggins is in the, uh, in it. Really? Yeah, really? unsold TV pilot of James Ellery novel of the same name. Uh, he played he played Vincent. They also wanted to do a sequel to like Confidential with Chadwick Boseman, but um, he oh, well. passed. Yeah, unfortunately, the beat. Yeah, I want. I want. We got to, the beat. We like, got the beat. We got off. the beat. Um, uh, James yeah. Cromwell. James Cromwell. I think it's really funny that he he's amazing in this, but he in real life is the literal opposite. He's, of the character, yes. like he could not yeah. be more different than a corrupt fucking <laughs> police captain. Where, is he Irish? I. Where's he from? I think. Well, he, I, he's a he's I think from the U.S. But. Um, oh really? Been, okay. Yeah, I think so. I just um, I feel like I've seen him in so many things, together. and I I swear I've seen him with an accent more than not. Yeah, born in Los <laughs> Angeles. Jeez. Oh. City oh. of Angels. <laughs> Was that the only non-Australian in this film? Anyway. <laughs> Los Angeles. Kim Basinger is from Athens, the, Georgia, by the way. Really? That's the image as somebody, as oh. somebody who lived in Athens for over 20 oh, years. Oh, wow. Evans, really? I heard so much more about R.E.M. and the B-52s than I ever did about Kim Basinger being from Athens. Yeah. I don't know why, because she's rad. My, this is when Peter Baldwin married to Alec Baldwin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My well. bit, was, it, like everybody stepped on my bit, which was going to be Los Angeles, City of Angels. Uh, you know, but that's the dream they're selling you. What they really do is charge you 35 extra cents every time you want vegan oat milk. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cromwell, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, he gets all. He gets all. He's a that dude. He lives puts his me. money where his mouth is. He's. Uh, yeah, didn't he? What did he chain himself to recently? What yeah, was so he uh, super glued himself. Yes, yeah, super glued himself. Starbucks counter yeah. table. Like we that. regret the error. They actually, they actually, uh, oh, two days ago, he, he wrote an op ed that says, um, I, I glued don't... my hand to a Starbucks counter. Here's why. Um, 
but there's a paywall. Why the fuck does Washington Post have a paywall? It's owned by the richest man like alive. Because they do. Would, think that you could have a free <laughs> – it would be free to read the article. But anyway, yeah, so he – um he, Get the he, print. He chained himself – he chained himself to – or super glued himself to a Starbucks counter because he's protesting the fact that they charge – which is, is something that really – As one does. Yeah. They, yeah. They, yeah. Uh, totally no behavior. <laughs> they they charge an extra thirty five cents or something for uh, oat milk and and milk like vegan milk <laughs> alternatives. I'm sorry, I shouldn't laugh. Is he a member of PETA? Wow. He is. I I don't I don't know if I don't know if PETA is what he's a member he's of, a but he is lefty. Yeah, he's a he's like, a he's huge environmentalist. He's a lefty I've from actually, way back. I've actually been in the room with him while he gave a speech about um environmental issues and all. Okay. I mean, respect or we're yeah. doing a lot of damage. You know, I get it. I, I can't imagine giving a shit about oat. Lefty though, so I, I, I can't I can't imagine giving that much of a shit about oat milk, but hey, good on him. That's <laughs> it. I don't think it's about oat milk though. It sounds like it's like oh, you're punishing people who are yeah. using dairy products. Yeah, look, look, I get it. I, right? I get what he's going for. Yeah. Okay. Also, right, I just yeah, I'm not yeah. a milk fan, okay? He also I get chained it. himself, like, he, he, he chained himself with a bike lock at one point to a uh power plant near me. Like Damn, James Cromwell. All right. Yeah, he's been doing that. He's yeah. been doing this stuff for uh Oh, LA Confidential and noted sheep pig trainer. Can we not <laughs> can we not bury the lead here? I mean, I know babe, but wow. All right. Yeah, so he in Middletown, which is you know, like half an hour from me. He, I like uh, this like LA Confidential first, second credit, <laughs> noted sheep pig trainer. Like he's not done other things, but okay, yeah. I'm, he's you know. been like in so Trek. many things I've seen. Yeah, yeah he's, he's a legend, man. He invented the warp drive on Star Trek. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's, a, it's a it's a babe right, reference. I about that. It's a yes. babe. Well, I fucking get it. I get. I didn't say to understand it. I don't it. think you get it, Conan. We need to <laughs> talk about how you don't get it, really. God damn it! Do a bit here. Right. Yeah, so he so he and two other protesters were arrested for blocking the entrance and connecting themselves by metal interlocking devices around their necks. Three Damn. more were similarly uh, arrested for blocking the entrance and refusing to move. Um, yeah. Good for James Cromwell, man. I mean, everybody hates the uh, California power system, right? This yeah. is, no, this is Orange County, New York. Oh, uh, New, York. New York. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is literally, literally the next exit down on the throughway for me. Uh, is where this is. <laughs> you get this um, down from YouTube. <laughs> they flag it. Yeah, we'll flag. We can sing original songs like you know, after party forever. After, after party, party forever. forever. <laughs> I sing it after we invoke it. Now we have to do an after party. Um, that's a good bit. Too, I'm, I'm much too tired for a, now. A classic bit night. from, I think, last episode, right? I mean, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> this is now classic. <laughs> the Friday? Like, it's two days old, now classic yeah, bit. That's yeah. a Sunday. Friday is two days um, old, yes. No, but James show. Cromwell was in uh, was in Thank Succession. You, and he plays the, the brother, the uh, the uncle of... of uh, that's yeah, right. The brother of Logan Roy. And um, but but he's trying to take down the you know the Fox News style uh you know Roy Roy Empire from the inside. And there's that amazing scene with him and um, what the fuck is his name from uh, Peter Peter whatever. There's, yeah, he has him as a lawyer, and they're in the middle of talking about something, and he's like he's like, all right, step step one, we're gonna you know heighten the contradictions of late capitalism and show that a media empire to be torn down or whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know, I. 
I, I would need to pull up the quote, but Forrest is a big fan of the show Secession, everybody, in case you weren't aware. <laughs> Never seen it. I started and I had to stop watching it because it was triggering me like fuck. <laughs> I'm looking at this okay. LA Confidential pilot and it looks really good. Like, like the, it's got if Walter really Goggins good... is in it. I'm yeah, into no. it. Um, t- uh, Tony <laughs> is in it, and and Tony Curran is this like Irish actor, or maybe he's, I don't know. He's from he's from the islands over there, north of Europe. Um, the islands. <laughs> <laughs> not quite sure which one. Um, but but he he's always fantastic in anything he's ever in. Um, so, and he's playing uh, Captain Smith. And the, the guy who played this is the crazy stunt casting bit here. The guy who All played right. the TV well, detective me. from uh, the movie LA Confidential yes. plays um, uh, uh, what is it? Exley's uh, father in, in the uh, TV show. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, yeah, no, no, that's it's pretty good, right? Who who who's doing Exley though? Because I think um, Guy Pierce's uh, character got, is so perfect in this. Honestly, the guy who's playing Exley is a is a good actor, but like I only know him from Stargate Universe. Um, so oh, I like Stargate Universe. That was one. Of yeah. I was waiting for you to bring up Stargate, Andy. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> Ding, take a drink. <laughs> I was like, what? there um, it is. <laughs> uh, Guy Pierce, by the way, uh, not in Stargate. <laughs> God damn it, Andy. Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Anybody remember that movie? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Also, Guy Pierce. Yes. This trying was to get first, to do an episode this on was that. His first, uh, like, big American movie, I think. Yeah, yeah I mean, like, not kind of Memento, right? Oh, wait, no, this is for Memento. No, this yeah. is, this is like a couple years before Memento. But, it, you know, it's. it's, it's See, I have this condition. <laughs> it's fascinating having watched those movies back to back, though, because, you know, Memento is very much kind of the opposite of this with, you know, uh, Guy Pierce at the center of it, right? The yeah. center of gravity for the entire thing. The center of memory loss for the entire thing, and yeah, you know all the other characters are kind more. of, oh yeah, well the the other characters are kind of side plots or whatever that you have to figure out. This movie, uh, there's intertwining. It's kind of the opposite. You know what I mean? Like, there, I don't think you can say that there's a star of this movie. Like, it's it's they're all it's kind an of ensemble. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and there's well, always I, like the shifting perspective of like who's the lead at any given moment too. Yeah, but I think it, it's earned when. I mean, this is in the book too, but when Bud White and Exley like team up, it's not because they're buddies. They have a common goal. And it's sort of like, it it feels earned that you're like, oh yeah. No, they're very yeah, much not okay. buddies. <laughs> no, no, it's very clearly. But, they're, but there's a begrudging respect of like, okay, I appreciate what you do. Okay, I appreciate what you do. You know, like. Didn't you recognize that? Or like, isn't that kind of the thing with buddy cop movies is that it's a forced partnership? Like, Here's your partner, so. and they're like, "Fuck yeah. that guy!" And then, like, no, you have to like figure out how to get along with him anyway. Like, yeah, but this this movie has this movie has like five different times because, like, uh, you know, Ed actually the only the only cop he trusts because everybody hates him. You know, because he has nobodies whatsoever. He's like the least yeah. popular dude in the entire police department. So no, he, he and Hollywood Jack kind of having a partnership of mutual whatever, yeah. and then you know, um, Bud White having a kind of a mutual partnership with uh, Stenson or whatever who gets fired, so that he, he's left without a buddy. But then you know what I mean? Like there's interlocking buddy uh buddy cop things throughout this movie. You're like, oh shit, this is like the fifth iteration of a buddy cop situation. You know, but that- but it is, but to follow Erica's point, it is like the forced partnership. It's a, except for what they're doing is actually exposing the corruption of the LAPD, which is interesting mm-hmm. because you don't get a lot of that. I mean, you get corruption of institutions, certainly, but it's rarely focused on the actual investigative entity. That's mm-hmm. what makes this fascinating. Unfortunately, I think, uh, you know, the person I kind of hate the most in the fucking uh, political system in New York right now, 
uh, Eric Adams is an Ed Exley type. Oh, yeah, your old buddy, right? Working yeah, it back cool. in there. That's good work. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's get <laughs> no, no, like his the whole thing that the whole thing that Eric Adams made the uh, case for that he should be mayor is because you know um, after seeing a bunch of um, NYPD cops beat up a black person, I think into like you know almost killing them, he came out about it and, and talked about. So like literally, kind of what happened in this movie, and then he was like shunned by the department or whatever, and then he left the department at one point because things got too bad because you know. The racial abuse, uh, you know, was heaped on him because he's black and became a, a councilman in, in the Bronx and then moved up in the ranks of like politics to becoming New York City mayor. So this is that's I, I feel like that's uh, the Ed Exley uh, story. If, if you had followed it out to its to its logical conclusion, right? Like he does get multiple promotions every time he does something fucked up. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Which is kind of amazing. And like, yeah, peak white dude. Right. <laughs> And they, but they call it in this like playing politics, right? Like they're like, oh, well, you know, he's better at politics than even I am. Like he can navigate that water. And it, it does show you that there's a, a very strong connection between the political and the law enforcement aspects of running a city. And it's not necessarily the most popular. It probably never really is the most popular uh, person who manages to rise up to captain or something like that. Everyone's just kind of afraid of them at some point, And they're like, I'm going to stay the fuck away from this guy. He's literally trying to make himself the gang em emperor of uh, L.A. over there. Like, <laughs> exactly. God emperor of LAPD. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. What do you that's think, That's covered in worms. You know, it's... Exactly. That was a deep cut for people. No, no, that's good. I, I got you. Yes. That's Eric Adams' final form. Is the is the two god emperor, but he's, you know, he can't cross water. Uh, he's like stuck in Manhattan because uh, like, he can't cross water. Like I thought, his final form would be like a Bitcoin, like ATM or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, he's already he's already burned out of New York politics. He's been in the mayor like as mayor for six months. He's already talking about running in twenty twenty four for yeah, president. That man yeah. thinks he can run for president, which is so such a New York mayor thing. Like, why do you think literally any human being? Wants you to run for president, and they've all because done it. There is not been one that. New York mayor. There's not been one New York there, mayor in my lifetime. Make it anywhere. Apparently, that's what they think. <laughs> There's not and, been one and, New York mayor I can think of in my lifetime that hasn't run for president. And Fucking you cannot imagine really? the the breathless indifference of people in like Iowa and like anywhere in the Midwest towards anything coming from New York, let alone the mayor of New York City. Yeah. And that's general regional bias. The Let alone only... the fact that all of these mediocre miseries that think that they can do this are <laughs> terrible. Giuliani no, no, could have done it in 2004 if if you know Bush uh, wasn't already the, the, you know, the thing president. about Giuliani. I, I mean, yeah. The thing about Giuliani is that he was an unpopular mayor until 9/11. He yeah. his his term yeah. ended in 2001. He just um, happened to be there. Yeah, no, yeah. no, no, but no. That's but why, like, the second he opened his mouth, the second he opened his mouth, like no matter where he is, the second he opened his mouth, he'd be like, oh no, that's a fucking weird dude. Like that is not a guy that should be running anything. And of course, he's fallen so far at this point. Should be running away from the vampire hunters, that Nosferatu looking little bitch. Anyway, whatever. But like, but he's fallen as far as he has, which you know, good, on, good on him, I guess, for sticking around long enough and not being killed off by somebody in the mob or something like that. But like. You know, he's, he's really well, as far as he has. Yeah, yeah, good for that guy. But but, like, but the oh, second yeah. he opened his mouth, it, it's kind of like the idea of clout, right? If you're if you're an awkward, like weird fucking guy like that. Who marries your and, cousin? 
The idea of like political clout, yeah, he what? did marry his cousin, Whoa. which is not even the, the third tier of most odious things about him. Somehow. Wait, first cousin? Like I second think second cousin. cousin? Second cousin? Well, that's still so weird. But uh, yeah, John Oliver called him a cousin nuzzler. <laughs> He's like that oh, little wow. cousin wow. nuzzler. Wow! Oh. Wow! <laughs> John Oliver. Oh. <laughs> You man, the man for our times, the comedian we didn't know we needed. Yep. But yeah, like I don't know. So that the, it's an illusion, right? Like it's a uh, second cousin, but it's an illusion, right? Like oh, thank uh, God we got to the bottom of that. Yeah, it's good. That political clout, right? It's it's a complete <laughs> illusion. And the second you try to cash, it is it's cryptocurrency. It's political cryptocurrency. The second you try to cash it in, it tanks. It doesn't have the value that the only yeah. way that it can accrue value is by you not touching it. And the ironic thing is that you can't not touch it, right? Like it's it's an asset that you're going to eventually want to cash in that you can't cash in. And I kind of I, like this isn't the first time I've thought about this. I thought I thought about it recently. Just someone was talking about Giuliani and like his run for president. He got roasted by fucking Biden when Biden still had his cognitive abilities intact. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Biden. Yeah, cold out. Biden, Biden, literally, Biden said uh, he, he was like because he, he was running for president. Everyone forgets he ran for president against Obama and Hillary Clinton. They were all. Oh, I remember very well because that and that was also when Gravel yeah. did his serious run. Yeah, yeah, he he, he was serious he, and like that was he didn't a, that have teenagers was holding memory. him up. <laughs> right, exactly. Talk, talk, if you're talk, getting called talk, out talk by a dud like Biden, then I don't I don't know. <laughs> I don't yeah, know you, what's just, you just for get you. dunked on by like the least cool guy that it's, ever. It's was. like when Amy Oklahoma took on uh, uh, Mayor Pete. You know, it, it oh was, god, that was so awkward. I remember that. I'm like, what are you doing, Amy? But but the thing is, the the real the the real acrimony, like in her eyes towards like this little like like that was punk. That actually made me like her a little bit for the first time ever. Where I'm 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 like, oh she. Hates this. Oh, guy. speaking of cops, did you guys <laughs> and I love her, it. Did you guys see Amy Klobuchar's tweet where she's like, "We're having National Police Week to honor all those who've died in the line of duty." Everyone's like, "They all died from COVID, Amy." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Yo, damn. COVID would have had a field day with this movie, by the way. Oh yeah, uh, LA yeah. Confidential. Yeah. LA yeah. Confidential. COVID would have wiped out the LAPD. Even more LA Confidential. What about LA Covidential? I see there you, Andy. That was good. <laughs> well done. Um, yeah, but but uh, I remember I that movie, LA Confidential. Yeah, it was good. Confidential, you mean? All right. Exactly. So this is my this is oh. my uh, second uh, Bobby. Wine. Are we gonna, hold on, on Eric. What are we gonna say? What are we gonna say? Oh, I'm, I feel like I was already talking over Forrest. You go first. I do it all the time. Doesn't bother oh, me. Well, no, no. Make your point because I have I have the second of my two Bobby Winant clips. Uh, oh yeah, let's yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She interviewed everybody involved in this. She interviewed James Elroy even about. Let's let go, I Bobby. I did let's not watch go. that one because I I'm did just, not want to. Well, <laughs> I'm just here to distract and make silly jokes. So yeah, play your clip. This is so. This is uh, Danny. AKA <laughs> trying to take my slot. Oh, fucking <laughs> hell. This is this is this is Danny DeVito talking Danny to Bobby Wine. He handles this like a champ. He is Danny DeVito is a is a pro. Danny DeVito is great at, at, at you know, the whole press run. Pro thing. indeed, yeah. Danny DeVito is one of the best dudes, and I will go to my grave saying it. Yes. Bang those whores. Whores. <laughs> usual suspects was out. This was a real rough movie. I came home. I was working on Matilda, and one day they came home. I came home and, and the two girls were they said lucy and gracie said 
we just saw the greatest movie we ever saw in our lives. I said, what was it? Usual Suspects. So I go, hmm. You know, I, I hadn't seen it yet. And then they said, a couple, maybe a week later, they said, saw it again. You know? And I said, well, I got to see this picture with them. So we went. <laughs> it was like so bizarre that this was their... I looked at them and I said, whoa, what, what am I raising here? These like film aficionados. Anyway. Let's talk just for a moment, if we please may. about LA Confidential. About LA Confidential. I, okay, now let me let me ask you this. Yes, ma'am. Yellow journalism, tabloid journalism. Yes. You're the tabloid editor. That's right. Is very See. much a part of this story, given the time we're living in presently. Is that going to help or hurt the movie? Well, I think it's a what it is. It's a, it's a reality. I mean, it, it is here. We we have we are we are steeped in it in the in our society and and. And whether you're in the film business or you're a, you know, a politician or you're, you know, royalty or whatever, or, uh, you know, uh, it doesn't matter. You're, you're just fair game at this stage of the game. We are out there and they are after us. It's a weird thing. Um, Sid Hudgens in the L.A. Confidential uh, is at the vanguard of this. He is the edison of it or the you know the henry ford or the you know the giuseppe fermi who is the master of reinforced concrete you know he's like the guy who's at the he's like it's the great thing about uh, you know he's the the architect of this industry you know and in those days it was uh, you know it was somebody you know having sex with uh, you know whether it was same sex things or you know homosexual so or it was uh, you know some kind of you know like a guy who just likes to dress up like a woman or there was a guy smoking reefer or this that and the other thing and the big thing at that time was in the studio system they were contract players so if you had like you know that was they were they were really you know it was very important to the studios to keep their their uh starlets and stars you know clean and on the up and up and they, they even put you know marriages together and whatnot now that's not what the movie's about of course but our movie is a really uh one of the best film noirs that was ever made you know in this era we got uh, you know you look at chinatown and you look at movies that we loved as as uh and uh, we're titillated when somebody makes a film noir that's successful and really nails it which Curtis Hansen did with LA Confidential. Um, but um, that's the way I looked at Sid. And I, you know, I think that, uh, you know, in the light of everything that's going on now, we're, we're you know, it's a tragedy. We're all very saddened by the loss of uh, Princess Di and Dodie and all the people who were in the car. And, uh, you know, uh, but I'm sure that, uh, you know, uh, over the years, other people have been injured either physically or psychologically by the same thing. You know, you always finding hearing stories about people photographing people's infants or sneaking up in their yards and videotaping their kids playing in a little pool or, you know, just there's no, the privacy is like, and it's morality is what we're talking about. And that's got to come from the people who are behind the camera, the people who are out there stalking people. They have to you know, come to their senses somehow. I mean, somehow. I don't. I don't have the answer. I'm sorry. Well, I don't think any of us have the answer. But again, congratulations Thanks, on Bob. LA Confidential. Thank you very Heck much. Heck of a Bob. picture. Thank you. We'll see you. Bobby likes it. He brings up a really good point, though. Like, and I, <laughs> I just what? 
No, it's like I like how she wrapped it up. Well, I don't think any of us have an answer. Yeah. Anyway, hell of a picture. I don't I don't give a shit about any of that, but it's a good movie. No All right, great. Yeah, there's yeah. no I don't, way to I don't like... have the mental fortitude to respond to any of what you just said, but I wish you all the best and I, uh, I I hope I hope nothing but her. blessings for you and your yeah. family. What a queen. What is she just like whatever? All right, anyway, yeah. good movie. I'm just gonna say some stuff right now and then we'll move on. Okay. Um, <laughs> She's absolutely the uh, the 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 woman with the show in Pawnee and Parks and Recreation. Oh I my god. <laughs> oh, that woman, that actor, oh my god, she's amazing. So, so good. Anyway, I was, Erica, go ahead. I just finished working um this live event for like several days in a row, and I had the pleasure of seeing Simone Biles and Dan Levy both get interviewed in front of me live, which was amazing. But one of the things that came up when uh, during the Dan Levy interview was was privacy. And he was talking about like, well, the interviewer mentioned like you you seem like you're very capable in maintaining your boundaries with people and like, you know, like your private life. You seem to do a good job of like keeping that private and like maintaining those boundaries or whatever. And he was like, yeah. And I remember when, you know, like. I'm, I was on a first date with somebody and this lady and her friend came over and like, we clearly see what's happening right now. We're still going to like invade your space and talk about it. And it was like this whole discussion about like, like taking video or pictures of people who are doing just normal things in their lives. It's like without their consent, it's like, yeah, this whole morality issue. I don't know. It just came up. I thought that he made a good point. It's, and it's something that's not new, right? Like, like this whole like tabloid journalism thing. Like, I, I, I'm fuzzy, but I feel like, from the best of my knowledge and memory, right now, it was like the early 1900s when that shit started. Yeah, no, yeah. It, was, it was even before that. I mean, that's what Citizen Kane was about, right? Like the, the, the there's a there's a dark history on that that explains the whole pot of oh, the dark history barely seen podcast. It explains the whole how yellow journalism and breakers how that was all created. And I mean, William Randolph Hearst fucking yes. artic- like articled us into William Randolph Hearst literally art like wrote articles until we got into a fucking war and took fucking cuba like that's like yeah. that's how crazy you know like he was just like oh, i'm just gonna now, cause a war by like nowadays we just call it msnbc thank you but, but again again god again have you seen his castle William Randolph Hearst. I, I have and yes. it's super sick. It's actually yeah. Sick. That's gonna be the streamer pad. Okay, I'm buying it. That's gonna be the Twitch right. streamer pad. I was I, I was obsessed with teak wood <laughs> after I went to that because uh, half of his house made a teak and I'd never heard of that before. And like the 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 person who was uh, giving the tour kept doing, and this is made of teak, and I'm just like, this is wild. This is right. The question: uh, What podcast? Were you, Dark were you... History with Bailey Sarian. You can yeah. find it on Spotify, YouTube. Yeah, Turn this off YouTube. and go listen to that. Yes. Oh, it's <laughs> Please so good. repeat. The dark. Um, but but yeah, I, I didn't think about this the timeline of this going on at the same time. You know, the, the multiverse of madness over here that this and uh Princess Diana's death kind of were happening at the same time. I I no. it, it also came up when we were talking about um the edge, right? Like with Bobby yeah. Wynan again, where she was talking to Anthony yeah. Hopkins and was like, are you going to be invited to the funeral? And he was like, nah, I don't know. No one, <laughs> no one like, it's tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, probably not. I don't know. I mean, what do, how do I answer this? <laughs> but yeah, like I didn't think about anyway. this movie being a, a tabloid. Queen. They really, 
because they really bullied Princess Diana into, you know. Because she had the gall to 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 be a human being. She had the gall yeah. to actually be affectionate towards people who are dying from AIDS. The royal family could never. They could well, what's never. the movie? Was it a movie or was it a series? The, the recent one. With Chris this, all this. Diana. I think it was a movie. Yeah. What was it? What was that? Oh, Spencer. Oh, uh, Spencer. Yeah. Spencer, yeah. Yeah. Is that good? Should I see that? Yeah. I've heard, good, I've heard good stuff about it, but I haven't seen it yet. Was it like Stargate, though? <laughs> um, apparently it's like it more physical like like it's not uh i haven't seen it so i don't know it's like, <laughs> my Come mom on, Andy. But it's like an abstract <laughs> version of a biopic so so it might be kind of interesting uh right. because they're, they're approaching it like art so who knows uh-huh. but uh again i haven't seen it yet so prince charles much now. much like stargate yeah <laughs> the last season yeah. of the last <laughs> season of the uh of the crown <laughs> I don't know if it's coming out ne- next year or the following year, but they're doing the last season of The Crown, and they're they just started getting into the Princess Diana stuff on that. Yeah, um, I like The he Crown. I haven't seen. I, it I, yet. I hear it's, I hear it's good. I, I haven't I spent the time on it, but yeah. I hear it's good. Yeah. I I check it out. I haven't haven't gotten there yet. Justice for for uh, Princess Diana. There you go. <laughs> there you go. I think the only justice right now is the fact that Prince Charles is never going to be king. <laughs> The queen is and really looks like bad. shit too. Not that he ever looked great, but he looks really looks like shit now. He always yeah. looked weird, yeah. yeah. But yeah, yeah that, that's right. a goofy, that's a goofy looking dude. But he well, looks it's all the inbreeding, now. man. All the inbreeding. Did you no, did you yeah. see him sitting on the gold throne in his like? Oh my god, talking Prince about like poverty and costume. He's like, no, yes, we will make sure that people in poverty were taken care of. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. He's like, he's like, I'm gonna make handling. Know? He's like, I'm gonna make handling poverty the the the, the, the number crown. one yeah. issue. And I'm like, dude, he's sitting on a covering throne. Made of gold. Yeah, exactly. I wanted to shout out because I mentioned <laughs> like a Monty Python bit, right? I mean, come on, the ultimate man. fuck you to poor people. Yeah, because yeah. I because I mentioned the crown. Um, Gillian Anderson, who's like an amazing actress. Yeah, uh, she's badass. Um, plays Margaret Thatcher in the last season of the Th- crown. That's and that's and why I was interested in it. I was like, I bet that's badass. She's so and good. She's yes. she amazingly, I think, betrays her as just like a deeply weird individual like not appealing not like because there's the meryl street version of it that's like oh kind of like girl boss hashtag like girl boss margaret thatcher right yeah. and i, I think that. did you I know there's a guy Anderson... who sells eggs at her like statue or whatever yeah oh <laughs> yes nice what's oh, the yeah. girl hashtag boss not all heroes wear capes thing. like mm. i well i'd say that's positive it's neoliberalism y'all <laughs> I was talking about the hashtag girl boss, hashtag bitch boss thing where it's like, mm, no, I'm not. I, I think I've only ever heard that used derisively. I, I've, I've only ever heard that used to kind of describe a um, like a deeply unsettling, uh, you know, um, neoliberalism or, you know, military industrial complex with uh, feminist characteristics. Yeah, mo- like more more female jailers, <laughs> like that kind of like more kind of yeah yeah imperialist. I leaders. saw there was Look. a there was a more female jailers uh, article the other day. There was I saw one. It was like it was like what would a feminist jail look like? And and let me just <laughs> it would look say, like a jail. That, <laughs> <laughs> let me just say that women can do everything men can do, including contract herpes. Okay. <laughs> Oh man, that's from the New York Times too. What? <laughs> that was a billboard I saw in Oakland. Thank you, Conan, because I was there You're because welcome. of you. Yep. And well, herpes, herpes is true equality, right? Like, I was like 
anybody any well you know what they say herpes doesn't see race herpes doesn't see gender herpes doesn't see sexual orientation it just sticks around it sticks around it sticks around they're running crabs (laughs) and dying down because everyone's getting their their crocs uh like wax and whatnot so like everyone's getting their crotches wax and so crabs they need to thrive but it's a dying industry of stds (laughs) We need to bring. We need to bring. We need to bring back the pubes so the crabs have a place to live. It's a valuable ecosystem. Yes, God save the crabs, Jesus. Crab dance, let's go. God save the crabs is what I'm going to sing when the queen dies. Wow. Crab dance. I can't even. Not those crabs. Um. We're I feel like coffee. we're already in the after party. Are we, are we doing an after party? I'm down to do an after party. I feel like we're was, doing it right now. Was over. I don't. I was. I was. I was tired, but I'm kind of waking up a little bit. <laughs> well, how could you not be after that crab-related uh, material? Yeah. <laughs> um. Wide awake now. Shit. Yeah. So. So yeah. So the, so we watched the Danny DeVito thing. Um. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, only well, confidential, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what movie is that? I'm lost. I'm as lost as the I'm as lost as the listeners. LA Crabidential. <laughs> LA LA Confidential. We're talking about the beaches of LA where the crabs live. That's what they don't want you to see. Exactly. You, you, you guys subscribe to Hush Hush to find that out. Crabs, crabs. That's some Patreon only content for also, Hush Hush. I love that like all of the places, all of the like papers that are like spouting the most gossip and like potentially untrue things about people are called like confidential and hush hush like we're keeping yeah. it quiet except that we're spouting it to the world well and you, and you saw that you saw the the last little bit of the journalistic facade i think of tabloid journalism kind of um dissipate with the uh with, with like the bloggers the blogosphere right like the you know all of those like oh we're gonna tell you secrets about these celebrities blogs like I mean, totally. TMZ kind of came out of there, like Perez Hilton came out of there, like that space, you know, the, the last little bit of, uh, oh, well, we have some kind of, you know, journalistic integrity, which clearly they, they don't, but like, the, the <laughs> you know, pretending that they kind of do, or they're even journalists, like kind of completely yeah. slipped away with that. Like, I mean, no, I'm just saying, I'm just a, certain court cases <clears throat> that are muted. Sensationalism. <laughs> The gossip is making a comeback. I'm like, guys, it feels like it's 2007 again. Dude, I was even hearing about it on NPR this morning while I was driving. This is Terry Gross. This is Terry Gross. This is Fresh Air, and I'm here with Amber Heard. (laughs) It's like herpes. It just keeps coming back. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to. Yeah. Okay, let's. Oh. (laughs) Grab it on. Humans go in, crabs become more powerful. Oh my god. <laughs> this this, this podcast sponsored by Paperback Paradise. I fucking wish. Please sponsor the show. <laughs> it's my favorite thing. Thank you. Oh, it's so good. On a distant planet of crustaceans exists the new and exciting economic system. <laughs> <laughs> Look at his face. It's got like big like like angry eyes and like that's the god emperor emperor crab, you know? Exactly. God Emperor Crab. That 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 I I, if I didn't love Badge of Honor and Badge of Honor Star Kona Neutron, I would be God Emperor Crab. (laughs) Thank you. Wow. I I think I think I think God Emperor Crab. It's it's like 
need crab crab Bernie to come along and be like, oh, God. <laughs> oh wait, 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 wait. whatever happened? Uh, we to... need crabs for the for the ninety nine percent and not just the one percent. Crabs for everyone. <laughs> crabs are making a so huge comeback. The underpinning of our entire economy. Crabs. Wow. My, my new plan. Crabs for all. <laughs> We're all getting crabs. (laughs) Most crab meat is actually white meat, though, right? Why is it like not white meat? It's um, a white fish. fish. Why are you bringing up race in this? Which which white (laughs) fish is not an actual kind of fish either? Because I'm a horrible person, Andy. (laughs) White white fish is uh is is a mix of different um yeah is a mix Mm, of mm, different mm, trash mm, fish. mm. Yeah yeah yeah. Is it time like, for letterbox one liners or what? Yeah, what are we doing here? Okay. <laughs> Fucking Christ. This show. Conan. <laughs> it's only 9:38. So that mean doing, does that mean we're not doing an after party then? No, no, I think I think I think we I think if we didn't if we didn't if we didn't blow our load, so to speak, on this this last 20 minutes. Whoa! Right? <laughs> uh, that's how I got crabs. <laughs> Letterboxd is a social media site <laughs> for film lovers. It is an open source democracy. People get to talk at with and to each other about the films they love, the films that they didn't love, the films they were baffled by, the films they were weirdly horny and thirsty for. Uh, all of which is expressed in the best possible way in the working on your tight five one-liner format, uh, which is what this segment is. These are the Letterbox one-liners for LA Confidential. And that, I wait, I have to wait. prepare everyone for what the background image for these are going to be. It's it's oh, no. it's, it's going to kill it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for the audio listeners, it's uh, it's a Kevin Spacey. It's Kevin Spacey. Looking menacing <laughs> while menacing and or lascivious, and really, as we've all learned, it's basically the same thing. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, he he's, and... it looks like he's saying, "Hey, would you like to get some crabs?" What do you think about, about it? What I can do for you? <laughs> what do you think about it? It's the Wizard of Oz. Bud gets a brain. Jack gets a heart. Ed gets the courage. Hmm. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Except well, Jack that's, that's gets shot those... in the heart. <laughs> yeah. You don't remember that deleted scene from The Wizard of Oz? Yeah, Bon Jovi comes in, does a musical number. <laughs> I, 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 finally got a, I finally got a heart. <laughs> no! <laughs> the Tin Man becomes a real like the Tin Man becomes a real man or whatever, and then immediately has a stroke. <laughs> I was genuinely surprised that Kevin Spacey's character died in this film, though. Oh I yeah, yeah. I didn't Rather know he was gonna die. Yeah, I was surprised that uh, Bud White didn't die. Like I thought, I thought he mm-hmm. went out in a sacrifice. That, that too. Yeah, yeah. Because I was I like, oh like, damn, she ends up with... and just drink him. <laughs> I was like, she ends up with Ed. That's weird. Okay, <laughs> and then like they get to the car, and I'm like, oh, like I'm so stupid, y'all. <laughs> I'm like really dumb. <laughs> All right, you ready? You ready for the next one? Oh yes, so yes, sir. N, nicely paced. O, outstanding acting. I, intelligent screenplay. R, remarkable film. Noir. Mm. Yeah. Thanks for spelling it out. And, you Does know. Silent J only do like <laughs> acronym reviews? Related uh, reviews? I don't know. Good question. I remember we'll get, we'll get our Silent top J, researchers on it. I remember oh, when Silent J used to be silent. 
He's not silent anymore, folks. He has Letterboxd, a place for film. <laughs> well done. Next. <laughs> How dare they kill Danny DeVito? Oh, Yo, that's facts. fair. Yeah. Facts. Mm-hmm. It's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking when you know he's going to die, and it's heartbreaking when they find his body. Mm-hmm. It, it, is, it is one of the only deaths in this that you're like, no, come on. Justice for Danny DeVito. <laughs> right. I mean, it's after right. his long relationship with Amber Heard, <laughs> <laughs> <God damn it. sighs> I couldn't stop banging whores. Whores, 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 whores. I love a cop movie that has zero likable cops. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. started. I started my letterbox review with with. Uh, I was gonna say a cap, but I think this movie said it for me. Um, <laughs> like, there are no good cops. There aren't. Even Ed Exley, even Ed Exley, you think that what he's taking out of this is like, oh well, you know, he's going to do the right thing from now on, and then he he uses it at the end for political. He still sucks. Yeah, he still flat out sucks, and that's what I love about it. It's like, oh, he's still out for himself. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. He gives that whole speech where he's like, I remember now, Rolo Tomasi. I remember like why I became a cop, and then at the end of it, you're like, oh, to get ahead. Yeah, you became a cop to get ahead. Good. (laughs) And to like be like your dad, which is stupid anyway. Like. Don't yep. follow in your parents' footsteps. I mean, okay, whatever. Some people do, but like, <laughs> I don't know. Would have won Best Picture if it wasn't for James Cameron telling a story about a boat running into the ice. <laughs> oh, <laughs> shit. Shade. It, it, was, it was that year. It was that year. And that's another movie with, a, with an insanely big uh, ensemble cast. like Completely like avoidable ice. Sorry. <laughs> Hashtag Jack would have lived. You know, I could smell ice, you know. Oh, really? Then why didn't you say anything? It's like the NYPD. If you see something, say something. <laughs> what you're going to say is, we're about to hit an iceberg. <laughs> Yo, we're about to hit that ice, y'all. <laughs> I smell wasn't it. Ti- <laughs> wasn't Titanic like the biggest budget film ever for a while? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Probably. I think- okay. Until until like what uh, Avatar. Uh, Avatar 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 okay yeah it was also I, I think it was also film. the highest grossing film of all time right um, oh all right and yeah, then, then Avatar correct. knocked it out of the, the... Yo, so this so this is the best so this is the best background to one liner mm. one that we've ever done yeah. Josh okay why couldn't I be a white man in the fifties <laughs> oh God are you a- the fact the fact that I was the fourth like on that is fucking criminal. Go find Josh Benjamin's. <laughs> no, but I didn't. Uh, I didn't profile. pick this. I didn't pick this knowing that that no, was one of the one-liners. I picked this perfect. ahead of time, and it just happened yeah. to work this well. It's oh my god, perfect! Like it could not. Pop. It's 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 maybe the raison d'etre for this bit. But yeah. is is this Josh a white man now? Because it's his profile picture is white bread. So I'm thinking white man. Well, it's white bread with a face. But he's not the fifties. We've, we've declined so much that you know it doesn't mean it doesn't mean as much to be a white man anymore. You can't get away with just framing black people anymore or whatever. You're still like, pretty yeah. good though, aren't you? You're still yeah. pretty good. Yeah, we're still we're still uh, we're still trucking oh. along. Yeah, I kept making really it about Josh Benja. He just made a funny review. Okay. But yeah. Anyway. <laughs> well, because because the the alternative is making it about Kevin Spacey, and that is a horrible. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> All right, we ready? Oh, okay. Bud White would definitely write. I respect women in his Tinder bio. 
Classic simp. Classic white knight. I, I, I could yeah. see him voting for Hillary Clinton. He, yeah, he, but he, he'd still in have a twice. He'd still have a. All right. Not only would he have voted for Hillary Clinton, he has a uh, he has a stronger together <laughs> bumper sticker in his police office, and he Woof. beats up Bernie. I'm with her. He literally, he literally finds guys that voted uh. for Bernie and just beats the shit out of them. <laughs> I know it was the yeah. '50s, but like that whole thing about him watching his dad beat his mother to death. Yeah, and then he punches her in the face twice. Yep. <laughs> like what? It's well. It's what? What would you do oh. in the most intense possible situation? And for Bud White, he finds out. Nope, I'm just violent. I, I thought I was a good guy. I thought I chose my. Him. Yeah. He's a beast. He's he's a beast. That's what. It well, is. he was different. He didn't say that she looked like uh, Veronica Lake in the first five minutes. He's a different yeah. kind of guy. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Except for the fact that kind of guy is a monster. Yeah. So anyway, I hope it works out well for them in Arizona. Okay. <laughs> uh, oh. Okay. But imagine Clooney in the Spacey role. Oh. Is it too late to recast him? I would. I would fuck with that. Can they reshoot it? CGI him in? No, they don't have to CGI. I mean, is it too late well, to do all the money in the world? Bit. Like, <laughs> I'm intrigued. That would be good, right? I also I also kind of picture like Leonardo DiCaprio in the uh, Ed Exley role could have could have been like yeah. an interest. Yeah. Is that yeah, because yeah. of the Departed though? Yeah, it reminds because this movie reminds me a lot of the Departed. <laughs> the Departed, you mean? The Departed. Departed. <laughs> I well, you see to in Boston, they don't even the, the difference between Boston and L.A. Boston doesn't even pretend to try to clean up its image. It just no, it, no, it's no, just openly no. racist. Like, what are you gonna do about it? Yeah, it's still and it still is. Let's be honest. Boston, yeah, but I'm saying, but like they're it's making an this, enjoyable city, but it's still very racist. They're, they're making this in like the '90s. You know what I mean? Like, so like yeah. modern times. Like LAPD is kind of pretending that they're still gonna clean up their image eventually, even though they're the worst fucking you know police institution in the country. And uh, you know they're still pretending that they're gonna do that. Now they're kind of not, but you know at that time. And uh, Boston never had such qualms. No. Yeah, <laughs> Boston's well, like, no, we're, we're gonna, we're gonna, we'll still frame people. Like, we're New not. England's a weird place. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. But it's I, that, but I find it interesting. In the Boston like, Harbor, it's still, uh, it's still, you know. You mean Harbor? <laughs> Boston Harbor. Harbor. <laughs> <laughs> is there another one-liner? Yeah. I'm I'm just waiting. How is James How is James Cromwell look seventy for the past twenty five years? It's kind of like it's kind of biotherapy. Like Let's move on. It's like Bernie. He's been openly elderly since the Carter administration. Yeah, yeah. He's basically been like the same dude forever. Now I I thought about this one for a really long time. I was like, you know what? That's a good point. He has kind of looked exactly the same for like forever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's true. Well, I don't that's good on him. I don't think he's the only one though. It's all the activism, really. Yeah, yeah. No, he got out of high school and looked like an elderly man. So yeah, like, like it, it was just all over for him. <laughs> it's all it's all the stress. It's all the stress from being charged for uh, you know almond milk, and it just aged him. Yeah. Multiple yeah. direct actions that he yeah. exactly finding the almond milk was uh, aged him. Oh, Claire. Oh, changed my mind. Gangster films are soap operas for men who can't process their emotions. I I hadn't thought about it, but I think she might be spot spot on. Yeah. yeah. I hate to I hate to admit it. You hate to see it. Like, oh, what was it? Uh I heard a clip from Sarah Silverman, I think, who was talking about how um uh like movies that have a lot of like choreographed fighting, it's like they're dancing. It's like dance movies. 
but yep. for men who like can't process their emotions. Uh, also, it's kind of cool to see fighting, though. Yeah. But it's yeah. dancing. It's not, yeah. you're not Good. watching just like, well, that's what you can do both. All right, we got one more one line. Okay, okay. Yeah, this is the last it. one. Let's move look, on look. and then we can come back. I, I, thanks, Eric. I appreciate I have you giving more me that to say. <laughs> I'm sure you do. Uh, I love Singing in the Rain just as much as I love uh, Creed. Anyway, the farmer from Babe murders a pedophile. Perfect film in my book. Mm. <laughs> All right, Liam. All of that is true. Yeah. And I, I agree with that. <laughs> Those way, are letterbox. Oh, best comment we got about the, one of the letterbox one-liners. Bud White is now a part of uh, K-Hive Twitter. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> savage, Stevie, savage. What's K-Hive Twitter? Oh, oh my God. No. Yeah. Save, no. it, save, save it for the after party. Oh, oh after I'm party. sorry. Okay, we'll come back. We'll, we'll Are we doing an after party? Yes, I'm closing right. the bit right now, though. Those are Letterboxd one-liners for LA Confidential. You can follow the show, which is Forrest, on at Movie Night Extravaganza. I, of course, am Kona Neutron. You can follow me as well. Uh, I'm Christina over there. Has promised, but not promised? Promised, but not delivered on a Johnny Depp exclusive. I'm uh, doing the Amber Heard thing where I promised and delivered are the same thing. Wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what and donated are the same I'm on thing. board. <laughs> Fair. J, J, An J Andrew World. Ugh, Christ. J Andrew World <laughs> down over there. I'm all I'm all turned He's around. He's wearing a Conan shirt. I <laughs> <laughs> it's on his, it looks like it's on purpose. Displaying his brand new for 22, 2022 uh look and looking quite dapper indeed. Wow, also dude. I'm moving to extravaganza uh, and also on Letterboxd. And he has a great account. If you want to see all the weirdest stuff that you just would pass by the, at the video store back in the day, be like, that looks terrible. He is reviewing it and watching it. <laughs> some of it's actually pretty good. <laughs> and some of it, it turns out, is pretty good. If you want to filter through it, you could do a hell of a lot worse than J. Andrew World. He's, he's on there and he's doing the work so you don't have to. And of course, uh, my, 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 my friend, not the saw blade, Erica Strout. <laughs> Erica Strout down there, Stratocaster. She's she's on Letterboxd as well, and uh, is, is doing is doing the work as well. Don't trust my reviews, though. Fair. Mm. Um, J Andrew World, take it away. All right. If you're watching us right here on Twitch, and you can help out, please subscribe. Um, if you have an Amazon Prime account, you can subscribe for free, and that's that's a great thing. Um, if you're on YouTube, please do the YouTube things: like, subscribe, comment, hit that bell, hit it. Right now, hit it at that. You better hit the bell. Can they uh, hit it and quit it? That's my question. Yeah. And then hey, if you hit that bell hard enough, though, Bud White know. will come out. Bud White will come out and beat the shit. <laughs> Ideally, you're not quitting it after you hit it. Yeah. 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 You should you hit it and watch it, I guess. Is and, it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I mean, and speaking like, of watching, around. watch stick it to the end. Bit. Watch like this video views. to the end. Because, because uh, <laughs> that, that actually helps us in the algorithm. Um, uh -huh. And you got a really great Conan Neutron song to listen to, so like like it's a win win for you. Um, but yeah, that that also helps us out. Um, if you happen to enjoy this podcast but don't like looking at us, um, you can do the audio version. There, there's um, uh, we, <laughs> that's what you came up with. <laughs> I'm still I'm still workshopping this. No, no, I get it. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Look, I've, I've I've seen a bunch of podcasters, and most of them are a horror show. This this show's all right. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> you know, we got we got Veronica Lake up there. Exactly. 
Yeah. Exactly. So, so anyways, yeah. But um, anyways, you can do the audio version if that's if that's your bag. Um, you know, sometimes too, like the audio version is a little easier to do if you're out for a jog and you don't have internet for some reason. I don't know why that would be, but you can download it. Listen to it. Um, <laughs> it's 2022. Why wouldn't you have the internet? I like how you undercut your own promo. That was fantastic. <laughs> well done. Andy, oh. I, there are stuff. I don't know why it's the case. I don't have a top guy telling me wh- whether it would happen or not on my set. I don't know. <laughs> but here's the thing. Wherever you get your podcast from, and you're, um, go go find us and review us there because that also helps uh, other people find our podcast. And that as long uh, as it's a good review, I swear. Yeah, to God. five stars or yeah. fuck off. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's a new fifty-four forty or fight. <laughs> I, I I need I if need. You don't uh, get five stars. Conan will curb stomp you. I will literally curb stomp you. Yeah. I need I need um. Uh, <laughs> who knew I was a Bud White type? The big, anyway. the big Skeksis energy on those uh, five star. Get the fuck out! Uh, <laughs> we have fun here, but this is a good show. We appreciate the positivity and we appreciate the support. That's what Andy is trying to say. I think yes. And uh, for uh, if you want to help us out even more, we have a Patreon, um, so you can subscribe to that. And with that, you can always have access to the after party. After party forever, y'all. After party forever. I don't think we should have a After party forever. We're going to practice this bit, too. It's where Erica's going to figure out what KV Twitch is. No, do not. You have survived for this long without knowing what K-Hive was. K-Hive, thank you. You're not listening to it now. Erica. I say this as a Look, friend. It sucks so bad. I it's it's not awesome. I'll, I'll pull up. According to most people, officially became old, so I don't know, and I need to explain it to me. Player, so that's smart. I'll pull yeah, up the it, worst. It, I'll pull yeah. up the worst K hive tweets in the after party if you need me. Like if you want me to. Oh, but if, <laughs> give me. Oh well, give me we're like, doing it. Give me like two. Okay, I'll take two, just for frame of reference. I pulled it takes no. two, baby. Okay, Andy. we got some time to look it up. Why don't we talk about uh, uh, Christina's uh, Twitch channel? Yes, Yay. it's uh, um Twitch. It's it's um. <laughs> it's um. Did you say um Twitch? Is that what you just said? Yeah, maybe on Twitch. What what what, what was it, what did you say? Her nemesis was Katrina, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. It's like the 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 opposite, the Bizarro World, Christina. <laughs> this one day. To be fair, it's not on Twitch. I don't, I don't think sure. that's a real thing. That's, that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what do you have coming up for us this week? That might be something else entirely. Who knows? I don't know. I don't know. It's a big internet. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Try again. Yeah. So, so um, yeah. We're workshopping this bit. On, <laughs> on Twitch. Um, she has a Patreon uh-huh. as well. What, what do you have coming right. up this week on your uh, on your channel? What do you think it is? I know. Well, it is. <laughs> Don, we just want you to guess, Andy. Tomorrow, so we're gonna watch that if it happens. Yeah. Shocking. Okay. Yeah. No. See, I didn't know what part of the trial was coming up. Maybe somebody's interested in that. There we go. We got the phone for that. <laughs> Maybe someone is interested. Were you me? <laughs> it hadn't occurred to me until this morning when NPR was talking about it, like the repercussions. <laughs> Of this trial, TikTok man, I tell you, people I are mean, trying to avoid it. Yeah, Amber Heard has about... come up to the stand. She's talking about shitting in a bed. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously though, like thinking about the that 
the outcome of this trial could set precedent. Oh, for... no, they're not going to win. They're not going to get anything. Like, they're not getting anything. It's hard to prove defamation in this country, so they're not getting shit, literally. Well, okay, but, but like, oh, I'll just finish my oh, sentence real come quick. Come on, come on, can we... <laughs> What, no, no. Okay. That's that's a K-Hive. Save this for the after party. Yeah, this is Wait, I want to read this Let's... one, and then I don't want to read any more uh, of them. This okay. contest has already played out, and we are living the result. Reality is a very convincing argument. This is a white woman writing this, by the way. Black Twitter ain't having no Bernie. Overall, I'm saying, uh, I'm saying, I'm saying with a and uh, to be honest, uh, his fans don't recommend him to me anymore. And so K-Hive is Kamala Harris's fan base. K, K uh, Hive is a future episode of Atlanta. Oh. Yeah. And okay. they're extremely toxic and it's terrible. And online. And, yeah. They will call child protective services on you if you have kids. And yeah. like at all, you have kids? You just got <laughs> no Bernie kids. kids. You have a kid, you're we're calling protective services on but you. But anyway, okay. I, I just wanted to read that fast because I don't want to handle it in the after party. Okay, yeah. okay, that's fair. Okay. All right. So yeah, but, yeah. Go go to go to you know. Forget all about that. Just go to Christina's Andy. Patreon. Long suffering, Andy. <laughs> you know what's funny is I think this is the episode where you've spoken the least, Andy. Probably, probably. And uh, yeah. we also we also have Conan who asked for tonic reversal, which is I a do. much more interesting topic to talk about. Uh, you're I not agree. having you're not having protonic reversal because of Caterwall. Um, but that's last, correct. That's yeah, correct. last yeah. week. People who have who need to catch up, you know, or maybe go back in the deep archives, like uh, I do. Like I still really, really, really need to check out your episode where you talk to. Um, I'm sorry, with McCarvey. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. McCarvey. You which should. which good. I don't know why I haven't listened to it yet. It's my own. I don't know either. No, um, <laughs> I know. Uh, but but anyways, uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, this is a great week to like, like dig into the archives. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's my recommendation. Off. Find the McCarvey episode. Yeah, yeah. Uh, There's and, other good uh, ones too, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, you also have a Dermi- uh, dangerous nomenclature out. I do. Yes, yes. Thank you, Andy. Yes. Which, which you know, y'all should uh, go to um, uh, to, to Bandcamp and and buy a copy of. Um, I buy a copy. It makes a great gift. Dot com. Yeah. And, and uh, Erica, friends. are you on that too? On what? Dangerous nomenclature. She's not on that. She's on some secret friend stuff. She I'm plays not. Okay. No, well, I'm not I, on the recorded. I'm I'm mostly a live. Uh, okay. Performer. She's on a person on electrons. There's whatever. one song that I played some guitar yeah. on, but yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm well, more of a live person. But I think what Andy is trying to say is, if you live in Madison or live in Minneapolis, you can see Erica Strout. Right I'm much there. more exciting in person. <laughs> and you can find out if you were living in the Twin Cities area. <laughs> yeah, and or Madison, because we're doing a warm up show in Madison uh, with action. Or Chief, Madison. So. There yeah. we go. But Caterwall is uh, tickets are going fast, folks. So, and I'm not. That's not like a cheap sales technique. They actually are going fast. So, um, Caterwall.org, uh, and then you don't have to hear about it. Oh wait, no, we got Brick on Tuesday. No, you're gonna hear I'm about so one intrigued. more time. Wait, wait, we haven't. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Eric, Eric is gonna be twenty twenty. No coast. Probably last time we rocked together. Right. That that tour. No coast. I don't. <laughs> I think it's like February twenty twenty. Right. I, yeah, because okay, because somebody Fuck. was like, "When's the last time you flew?" And I was like, "Before the pandemic, for sure." But I feel like I did something early 2020 before everything shut down. 
It might have been no coast. It, it, it was, was the it was the end of that tour. Yeah, because because yeah yeah you flew back at yes. the end because we were in Texas at the end of that. And yeah. then I missed that flight, and I'm so sorry about that. <laughs> I would There's say this is after party so stuff, confusing. but this is more talking in the van stuff. So it was so uh, confusing. <laughs> anyway, although we'll you did it flying private ostensibly, which is hilarious. It was the weirdest also... thing ever. Okay, after party stuff though. Yeah, I know, party like, shit um, for sure. And he's still attempting to do yes. to, to do the plot. I have, I have one more page of my notes to get through. And so it'll take one more you. hour and to get to so it. So here for you. Yes, pretty much. Erica, what do you have to plug? What do I have to plug? Yeah, besides besides oh. Catterwall. Like, like what, what else is coming up? Um, you got any uh interesting projects that people need to go to Bandcamp for? I forgot to research. So <laughs> <laughs> well, she she did uh well, she did you did the dark passengers video which may or may not premiere next week we'll see <laughs> yes i i edited the dark passenger video dark passengers video um i i've got a video for kimberly morgan york based in athens nice. who um i don't have a release date for that yet but i did a video for one of her songs and we've got a couple more coming up that i'll be working on so i'm excited about that um uh the partnership with her has been going really well i'm excited about it and um, there's a, a trailer I'm working on in June called uh, As Above, So Below. So I'm mm. excited to like see the results of that and be a part of that project, too. Oh, also, I forgot to mention Erica's doing a tour with us with Service, Co-Neutron, the Secret Friends, and the great band Thank Service yes. in June. Uh, and we're playing Indianapolis, Louisville, Nashville, and Atlanta. For take a run, yeah. Boris, you really tweeted that out. <laughs> Black Twitter ain't having no Bernie. <laughs> God damn it. Um, yeah. violence, my, my Thanks dude. for asking, I, I, I know. I know we have some <laughs> listeners in those cities, so I wanted to socialize that now because I, yes. I keep forgetting you about it. hang out with Cody. I'll, 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 yeah. I'll cut it into a, like, a promo thing if you want. And oh, cool. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. But um, not, yeah. not close enough to Christina for her to come out, but almost close enough yeah. wait where's christina aiken south carolina oh my god you're so close to me yeah i didn't know visit. that yeah come hang I'm out in atlanta for the time being exactly you got two oh. people saying it now this, so this is definitely this is this is not even after party stuff anymore this is like 4 a.m at a party <laughs> where you're like we're we'll totally hang out we're best we're friends totally now hang out. come hang out with me <laughs> Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Know what I mean? I, yeah. Uh, come to if you ever come to Atlanta, let me know. Well, especially yeah, if you come to our back. show, definitely let us know. <laughs> especially if it's the Conan show. Yes. But, uh, you have look, a place to we, stay. We gotta, that. we gotta get to the after party, so you know. Do uh, we ever, Forrest? Do we? <laughs> Starting with the uh, the detective lieutenant over here, who's politicked her way up to the top. Uh, final final thought. <laughs> Nice. Final thoughts. Um, I really, I really did enjoy this film. I, it was really well shot. Um, although I think because I feel like I've seen a lot of films that were, I don't know, like the, the, like the lighting and stuff, like didn't feel super special. It felt like this is a straightforward, like we're telling a story and like the story is the thing and we're not worried so much about the camera work and the lighting and all that. Um, I mean, it was well done. Don't get me wrong, but like it was, um, not quite as like visually stimulating, 
Um, but it was a really interesting film and it made me think about police brutality. <laughs> Always a good time thinking about Always a good time. Thank Always. you. Yes. I, um, I, I appreciate this film also that cops brutalize each other as much as everything else. In the certainly. Movie. Yeah. Everybody I mean, gets them, yeah. And, and I don't, I can't, as a person who's lived a creative, like not political, not polit, not, um, like nothing to do with police or military or anything like that, that kind of life. Like I have no real frame of reference, but like, um, yeah, just like seeing them kind of go after their own. And then, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it was, it was very thought provoking. And I thought about having a noir month for myself, like just for my own, like film edification. Oh yeah, we thought about it too. <laughs> Did you? Oh, okay, great. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. I'm so on board for that. Check yeah, it let's, out. Let's talk about it in the after party more. Uh, <laughs> but after this film, I'm like, I don't know if I want to. I don't know how many more of these films I want to watch because they're kind of upsetting. But hmm. but they're the older but ones was, less so. I would say. I mean, because you can kind of distance it yourself from it. I think a little bit more in black and white. Like it doesn't feel so. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Things don't feel as realistic, I guess, in black and white. Like, you're, you're able to keep a distance between yourself, I think, in the screen. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how I, how things turn out for me in that way. <laughs> I hope it's better than how things turned out for Kevin Spacey. Oh, uh, <laughs> well, yeah. I can I can state confidently that I am not a predator or a pedophile, so I feel like I'm already doing pretty good in comparison. But I'll, I'll vouch for. Thanks, Conan. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know. Was, I'm really glad that I saw this, though, because I think it's an interesting genre, and I would like to watch more of it and get a better sense of how how this genre, like, works and, like, the kind of stereotypes of it and, like, what things are more unique and all and that. And that's some of what we're probably going to be touching on in the after party. And that's one of the reasons why everyone should watch the entire movie Noir Extravaganza. Um, so basically like Kevin, everything like I'm Spacey. saying needs to go in the after party. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. no, I'm just, we like, we, we've been taking like a more macro look at stuff. Yeah. Um, I also said touching on right after saying Kevin Spacey. Now I'm working for Croatia. <laughs> Suddenly you're making Croatian propaganda and you didn't even realize. <laughs> <laughs> Who's next? Not me. Christina, Who's final next? final thoughts. Yeah, uh, I really love this film. Um, I can't believe that, you know, we, we, we're getting closer and closer to, like, my pick of the month. Woohoo! Uh, but I think the acting's great. The style's amazing. The plot, pretty good, too. Um, my mom has even watched it in the past. She always loved this film and like one of the few films she's ever like liked because she's not really a big movie person. Wow. But, uh, yeah, I'm actually. It's kind of sad that there's not going to be an actual sequel to this film, considering which because Chas Chadwick Boseman was supposed to be in it. But I'm kind of hoping they find a way to like maybe make a sequel to this film. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I'd watch it. <laughs> 
LAPD two electric boogaloo. <laughs> I feel like it's gonna oh, be no. like uh, uh, take place in the seventies. It's gonna be like history of violence, but in Arizona. Thank you. <laughs> Maybe it'll be Bud White. Nobody. Okay. Thing. But Bud White ends up becoming uh, you know John McCain. Actually, you don't. Or his son talking. does. <laughs> his son becomes exactly. Bud McCain. John McCain. <laughs> Okay, Bud McCain. Yeah. He's just he's just uh, he's beating me up because you know he he's just stressed out that our son is in a Vietnamese uh, prison camp. It's not, it's nothing. He'll, he'll be he'll be fine. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> All right, um, Christina, is that it for final thoughts? Yeah. All I'm right, Rom. Now, uh, <laughs> Conan, let's let's hear him. Sure. So, um, yeah, uh, th I this this film's fantastic. I am a big fan of this film. I think this is one of the quintessential modern noirs. And notice I didn't say neo noir. Don't at me for any of that. Uh, I think that it's very well performed. <laughs> or do and get curb stomped. Yeah, exactly. By the way, <laughs> let me back off the curb stomping <laughs> rhetoric here. I know stuff gets heated. Uh, James Elroy is a great author. I don't want to hear him rattle on about politics. I appreciate the fact that he doesn't get super political. Like he, he like that's not a thing he does when he's talking about it. It just sometimes he does. Uh, but yeah, the, the point of point of order. This is an almost perfect movie for me. The, the, so I get a I give it five stars. It's quintessential. Like I said, it's up there up there with the paragons of the genre. Um, guy Pierce is great. Kim Basinger's great. Russell Crowe's great. Cromwell's great. And you know, there's there's another guy in that too. Uh, and um, you know, there's there's twists, turns, it titillates and horrifies. David Stratham, you forgot David Stratham. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it, it's institutions. No Madland debate. We're doing. <laughs> <laughs> institutions are corrupt and all pervasive evils commonplace and continues unabated. And our flawed protagonists find their path. And if they, even though they're very ill suited to each other and very uh, poorly matched. They find common cause unraveling the darkness that lies within the dark events of the truest type of noir. And uh, I, again, said it earlier in the show, certainly wasn't Elroy's intention to show ACAB, right? But it's a horseshoe theory thing that actually has legs. And that's kind of beautiful that uh, just for the timing of everything, it, it's laid bare in, in a way that like, he's a great writer. He's a really good writer. It's, he's one of the only people I can think of that like, I'm like, I really don't like his politics, but dude is a great writer. Uh, I mean, Celine's the other one who is a, you know, whatever, fascist sympathizer. But, uh, you know, like, Mamet took a hard neocon turn um, in, in the late 2000s, which is a bummer. But LA Confidential is a great film, and it still holds up. That's the thing. It still holds up. This is an entertaining film. I think you can watch it without knowing anything about it and be like, that was a good movie. And it's, yeah. and it's everyone's, everybody has flaws. And that's one of the things I like most about the allegory of noir is that like nobody, everybody, first of all, sometimes the hero and the villain of their own story, but everybody has flaws. And th this is, th this is a keystone movie for me of the movie noir extravaganza experience. And uh, I'm glad we covered it. I, I, I will say the neo-noir uh, thing is that everybody can have flaws because I, I mean, and we could discuss this in the, in the after party, but the Hayes code kind of made a, made that uh, kind of yeah, yeah. No, impossibility. No, it's and, not that I don't understand it. I just don't give a shit. 
No, but so so what I'm saying is what I'm saying is the the the, the hard line between noir, I think, and neo noir yeah. comes out of the Hayes Code uh, system breaking up, and the fact that like you know now now not like now every character doesn't need to be moralistic. I mean, you know, or or die. You know what I mean? Like sure, literally, sure. it was no, like, I, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I get it, and I, and I, Arizona, I guess is, is the point yeah. I'm making. Like, you don't you don't have to be killed off. Like, you just have yeah. To <laughs> well, so on that, I think it may have been more of a, a more powerful movie if it just ended with Guy Pierce's character shooting James Cromwell's character, and like, boom, you no. Know, you know, Finney. Like, I think it would have been like probably stronger as a film that way, like Chinatown style of like, holy shit. Like, wow. But like, you know, it tags the end and like Bud White and um, uh, uh, Kim Bissinger. Sure, I can't think of her name right now. Like they, they get to have like a, a happy ending, I guess. It seems like he's a strong case for a domestic abuser, frankly. But uh, yeah, like, like, I don't know if they need that tag on it. Uh, I appreciate well, it. it. I still the like 90s, it. So. Yeah, yeah. He well. was forgivable, I guess. I suppose so. You're forgivable if you're handsome. If you yeah, he's anything. just a scamp. <laughs> oh, you rogue. You he rogue. He didn't understand what was happening, and she had to explain it to him, and then it was fine. Yes, but I think of it actually. But, but I do think that as great of a movie as it is, if it had ended five minutes earlier, it would like be widely more considered in one of the more all timers. Because like when Cromwell's character, you know, the, the corrupt. Um, a ringleader of all of it is like show him show him your badge so you know you're a cop first of all that ties in perfectly with the entire motif of the movie right yes. and then and then he's and then he murks him and then he shows him their badge i'm like cinema right and it should have probably ended there and, and i don't know what the original thought was i i actually don't want to know i still love it in spite of that but like if it ended there it would have been like holy crap because that's an incredible scene. And that ties in the thematic range of the entire movie, the whole narrative, every piece of it weaving together comes down to that. Yeah. So that's my take on it. That makes sense. Yeah. Andy. Um, this is this is a movie I actually had on VHS back in the day. So uh, but I haven't seen it in like for so long, I couldn't even remember what happened in it. So this was this was kind of refreshing and and you know, you know, almost nice. To, you know, it's nice to see a movie that's this good. That's like new to you, even though, you know, it's, it's been so long. Um, so so I'm kind of glad that that we were able to get to it, um, you know, and that, that is a phenomenal cast, uh, you know, because we never even talked about like some of the smaller parts like uh, David Stratham from from who, who's been in like. Well, we have like a whole nother hour in the after party that I'm sure that. We'll yeah, be no, but like, like he had like this, this, this tiny nothing role and, and, and but like the like, major character and just phenomenal actor and you know there he is just kind of pigeonhole um and, and um I, I can see in watching it too why it never quite got to be the classics because because you know one of the things like like you know uh most noirs usually have like uh much more beautiful uh you know shots and the shots in this movie are great but they never quite cross the line of what like you know like, like just um night of the hunter good you know uh you yeah. know like they never tried for anything like that yeah, um, I agree. And you know what, though, uh, you know, the movie doesn't have to do that, but uh, it just helps with noir. So, like, sure, it's, yeah, it's like on the cusp of greatness, I think. But it is certainly a movie that you should watch. You know, uh, if you haven't seen this before, you know, we sorry, spoiled the hell out of it. But 
But you've had 20 years, 20 yeah. plus years. I was going to say, start his spoiler. 25 years to watch this movie. movie. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Our man, y'all. Yeah. Maybe get it together. Yes. I mean, they, yeah, I agree. They probably could have shot it in black and white. Yeah, or even even if they do it in color, like there's still like really great filmmakers who know how to use like light and shadows in an interesting way. And yeah. and you know, not every movie has to be like that, but you know, that's one of the touchstones to noir. And, and you know, even like, I would say like, even even uh even eight mile was shot more creatively than this movie. But like like uh, you know, Chinatown, which, which I don't think has like a, a, you know, is not in the same league as say, you know, Night of the Hunter visually, um, yeah. certainly has some creative shots and some really great use of lighting that that this movie doesn't really do like um you know but but you know again it's uh i think a lot of it works though and um you know it's it's i like visual i like really visual films so you know you know something that's you you like visual films (laughs) the stargate Uh, fan yo that's crazy (laughs) oh you missed you missed uh uh tokyo drifter so you know Sure, I did. Which is which is which is an insanely visual film. This is yeah. This is the actually kind of the opposite of Tokyo Drifter. Yeah, I mean, like that's a movie that does like nothing makes sense and it's not thought out at all, but it's beautiful. This is a movie that everything is really thought out and it's basically like a you know it it is taking a novel right off the page, but then like visually they didn't really do very much with it. Yeah, well, and, and right before I watched this film, I watched Everything Everywhere All at Once, which was like. (laughs) <laughs> hell yeah my yes, favorite I was, movie i was stoned when i watched time. it but still i was you know i need to watch it at least two more times i need to, to i need to watch it the everything. first time i still have like I, I i still haven't i still haven't I, watched anything that's not for this podcast in a while i don't want to be that it's person gonna be for like, this podcast oh God, go watch that no. movie but like when you get to it like ex- it's i fully expect you will really enjoy it but it's a treat it's not it's not labor it's but having just no, watched yeah. that film and then watching la confidential i think that's what for oh, yeah. me like brought Conan, that i don't where, like, owe you anything clap emoji it's not my job to educate myself Educate, yes. <laughs> don't don't bother getting an um, education. Don't. But do that. let's let's hang out Maybe. in the after party. It's it's gonna be fun. We're gonna you know go for probably like an hour. Um, we'll be we'll be on there. Uh, probably you know before ten thirty. Um, I I want to say before you know before we leave, <laughs> uh-huh. blurtily, whatever you desire.